1: a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six-slides, eight-neighborhood, zero-compromise
1: vacation. The ultimate never-done-that-can't-wait-to-do-it vacation. The
0: ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book
1: today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Champion. Welcome to the... Hey guys, welcome to episode number 8 of the Danny Batten MMA show, only on Ace Podcast Nation. I'm your host, Si, and here at Ace Podcast Nation, we've got all sorts of podcasts and shows on everything from football to mental health to music, films and TV to MMA and wrestling. Something for everyone. Weekly show live every Monday, 7pm, the Andy Campbell Championship show. is live on facebook.com slash acecastnation and... YouTube.com slash AcePodcastNation. Uh, Join us in the live chat to talk about the biggest stories from the football world and uh, break down all the championship football action. Uh, Next week, or actually not next week, this week, uh, on Friday, we have a new series, My Story, beginning, where I take uh, the guests through their careers and through different instances, different things which have happened throughout their career, right up to when they've retired or or current day, depending on who it is. Uh, the first episode is with former England cricketer Chris Lewis, who takes me through from his childhood right up to uh, his the end of his cricket career, which uh, ended in controversial circumstances, and right up to his comeback a few years later, including uh, a short stint in prison as well, and the effect that that had on his uh, mental health and his life in general. Uh, we also, this past Saturday, had... UK indie band The Crooks join us for a chat and they also played us out with their, their single She Walks Alone ahead of their sellout tour and their new release of oh their sing- new single, which is out on Friday, the 28th of February. So uh, please check those shows out. As usual, they're all available in video format at youtube.com and at all the usual podcasting apps. Sorry, I just had a really weird message on my screen, so I thought I'd better get rid of that. Uh, As usual, today's show is brought to you by Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. Please visit their website at uh, awaydayapparel.co.uk. I'll put the links in the description, and I highly recommend giving them a follow on social media, And especially for viewers and listeners of H Podcast Nation, if you use the code AA Podcast Nation, all in lowercase, you'll have 10% off your deal, your order, 10% off. It's a good deal. And uh, today we are talking a lot. We have MMA. It covers all combat sports, really. So we're talking all the big shows of of yesterday as we record this on Sunday. We'll be talking Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. We'll be talking UFC Auckland. We'll be talking Bellator 240, Bellator Dublin, and uh, a few other bits and pieces. Joining me to discuss all of this and more is my guest, former Cage Warriors featherweight champion, MMA UK MMA legend Mr. Danny Button, welcome, my friend. How are you?
0: yeah uh, you right, sir? I'm exhausted from the weekend's escapades with uh, all that's happened. Fight shows good law. Yes, trying
1: to trying to watch mm. it all is like I don't know? Uh, I I got to say I don't know what Ballas Hall are thinking putting on. I think like three shows over two days. It's mm. just I'm not sure that's ideal. And the way they did it was a bit weird because they had I didn't even realise there was a show Friday. Um mm. so we're not going to talk about that because I haven't I, yeah. I haven't watched it and I'm assuming you haven't watched it because I didn't even know about it. Um yeah, but then obviously you had the the, the Bellator Dublin card, but then they also put Bellator 240 in the middle of that, but then didn't yeah. show that until three o'clock in the morning in the UK. Right. It was really weird how they did it because the prelims for Bellator Dublin were on YouTube from 4:30. Saturday afternoon. Then they switched over, for the people who were there, to the uh, Bellator 240 show, which didn't show on TV until 3 o'clock in the morning on Sky Sports. And then at 10 o'clock, they did the main card of Bellator Dublin on Channel 5, which, again, like I feel sorry for the people who were watching it live, because if you're there (laughs) from... The first fight at 4.30 to the last Mm. fight at 12 o'clock. That's a long, a long old stint of watching, uh, you know, mixed martial arts. And some of those fighters you wouldn't have been, you know, the people wouldn't have been familiar with either. So it's a bit Mm. of a bit of a stint. One for the lovers of the the sport, I think. Um, So... Yes, so we're going to start off, we're going to talk about the the co-main event and the main event of the uh, Fu- Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder uh, fight yeah. and card. Um, but just before, I, we just wanted to really briefly touch, uh, obviously, your fighter Tom Mearns, uh announced this week that he's uh, got a fight lined up for Cage Warriors and he signed a, a couple of fight deal. Um, yeah. That's obviously good news, gives him... Uh, something to aim for now obviously after he is battle Dublin,
0: all uh, yeah yeah. yeah yeah i mean you know people know by now that there was you know some issue with the commission and uh, it's not an issue with the commission so much but the, you know commission are very very black and white with the way they do things regards you know how much weight they cut leading up to fights and um tom had, had a misunderstanding on how that worked um and was late in handing in you know, his weight update or something through his doctor, it was something along those lines, and um, yeah, and so it uh, just happened with Bella, unfortunately. But to make sure that we don't have any other hiccups, he's decided he wants to fight at lightweight, um, because he is a really big featherweight, he's not the tallest and that, but he's really quite stocky and very, very thick yeah. set. So he's fighting at lightweight on um, Cage Warriors now, he's got um, a several fight deals. Um, so that's kind of good. He just now feels grounded, he's got focus, and I think that's good for that type of personality. Yeah, indeed.
1: Yeah. So, does he have to drop much weight to go to uh lightweight?
0: Um, yeah, he's still cutting a fair bit. I mean, there are bigger, you know, natural, naturally bigger lightweights out there than, than Tom. Um, you know, you get six footers that are at lightweight. Um, you know, Tom's what five eight. Um, yeah, like I say, he is you know, stocky and very, very thick. Um, and uh, but you know, as a featherweight, you know, he, he'll walk around over 80 eight, eight, eight kilos out of training and um, he cuts down to 66. Six, that's a fair old substantial bit of weight to cut. And um, so yeah, lightweight might suit him better in terms of comfort and prep. Um, and make sure we don't have any more hiccups like we had um, with Bellator. So it's just see how he goes at lightweight. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I
1: um funny enough, we'll be talking a bit about um, the effect of weight cutting uh, can yeah. have on you know, different fighters a, a bit later in the show. Um, just in terms of what it takes out of you, even if you know you make the weight comfortably, uh, yeah. it can still have an effect when you come around to the fighting and the, the energy levels. Um, uh, you know, when you have that adrenaline dump after the initial couple of rounds. Um, yeah. look, people, we there's so much uh, MMA and boxing to talk about from this weekend. Uh, we can't possibly talk about it all in detail. So the main yeah. focus of uh, of the show is going to be we're going to talk the, the co-main event and the main event of the Las Vegas card uh, with Fury and Wilder. Then we're going to talk about the UFC Auckland card, main card uh, in detail like we normally do. And then we're going to kind of discuss Battle, Dublin and 240 generally. Um, and then we're going to finish off just touching on the, the Cody Davis versus Umar Sadiq fight because uh, we had Cody on the show a couple of weeks back. And uh, and then we'll finish with a couple of questions, and then we'll probably be going to bed, because it'll be God knows what time, because we've yeah, talked about okay. so much combat sports. So with uh, no further ado, let's get into the, the co-main event of the, the Las Vegas card, which was the yeah. IBF uh, heavyweight title eliminator between Charles Martin and uh, Gerald Washington. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, Charles Martin dropped, lost his title to Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Uh, look, i got to be honest, uh, for me, I did not enjoy this fight. It was one of those, like, <clears throat> I don't want to say unwatchable, but I did not enjoy it. And this is the kind of thing which makes me, me personally, for my personal taste, lean towards preferring to watch MMA over boxing. Uh, yeah. I didn't enjoy it, let me say. Um, yeah. First round, bit of a slugfest. Uh, and Washington looked rattled right at the end of that first round. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. He just looked as if he was, ooh, maybe if they had gone on an extra minute or two, he might have finished him. But
0: Yeah, he didn't look comfortable in that first round. Um, Charles was coming forward with his cross hand, which is you know, his southpaw, so it would have been his uh, left cross. He um, was trying to find home for it quite early. And Washington just looked a little bit shy in that first round. Looked like he he's yeah. just started a little bit slow. And um, yeah, it wasn't like loads going on in the round. I think that little feeling out was going on, maybe.
1: Yeah, a lot of the, the kind of uh, pushing forward was coming from uh, a Charles Martin more than yeah. Washington. Washington seemed quite comfortable or not comfortable, but quite happy to kind of sit back and absorb or try to absorb uh, the pressure. Not a great deal went on before the sixth round. Um it wasn't very exciting. And, you know, mm-hmm. on paper, it was a lot of people had thought this might be the kind of fight that we'd get. But obviously, you always hope, especially with heavyweights, that you're going to get like an exciting slugfest. That's the dream, yeah. isn't it, I suppose, always with heavyweight boxing. Um, yeah, yeah. Martin yeah. landed a couple of nice uh, nice shots. He landed a nice left hook, in the, which caught Washington's chin in the sixth round, which sent him to the canvas. He mm-hmm. got back up, didn't. It uh, didn't look like he recovered at all and The referee was having none of it And then he stopped it straight away And I think that was the right call Because he didn't, even though he got to his feet He didn't look with it at all
0: No, um, no, I agree And with when that.
1: you Like if you compare it to the When Fury got knocked down In the first Wilder fight And everyone mm. thought, oh my god, he's out Because of the way yeah. he went down mm. Whereas he got up at like four And he straight away was with it As soon as he was back on yeah. his feet And he was ready to go um, Charles, uh, Charles, yeah, Charles Martin uh, just looked disorientated, and you know, I think the referee made the right call. I mm. think Mister Martin will have to wait a very long time before he even gets a, a sniff at this IBF title, which is obviously right. uh, currently currently held by Annie Joshua. Uh, Pulev is the current mandatory challenger for the IBF title, and so they won't. The IBF isn't unlikely to force uh Joshua to fight Martin any time mm. until twenty twenty one. Um and obviously I would imagine going by what we're gonna discuss in a minute, maybe there'll be other plans for Joshua, or at least I hope there is. Um so like that's two fights really for Joshua before he can even think about Charles Martin.
0: Uh yeah. So yeah we we'll have to I have to wait yeah, and see. Yeah. Not, I mean but... Charles could only do what he had, in, you know, deal with what he had in front of him. At the end of the day, Washington yeah. did. Look, look, I thought he was going to come alive in the round two. Actually, Washington because he started uh, looking like he was trying to mean it with some of his punches, but then slipped back into the habit of the first round, didn't he? So yeah, uh, just yeah Charles just did 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 what he did, um, did what all he could, you know, all he could do. But it it wasn't a, a massively impressive showing. But uh, yeah. Can you the say? thing
1: is, it's the same as any sport, I suppose. And it's you can only beat what's in front of you. You can only, yeah. whether it's a team sport or an individual yeah, yeah. sport, or fighting or football or rugby, mm. you can only beat what's in front of you. And if yeah. the opponent is playing a certain way, whether it's negative, there's you can't do anything about it. Um, yeah, you know. And it was a, it was a good, good knockout, good finish. You know, he caught yep, him with a absolutely. really nice, nice punch and. It was game over. Okay. So then you had the the main event, uh, the one which I guess everyone was waiting for. Um, Did you stay up to watch it? Uh,
0: No, I didn't. I I did all the watching today. (laughs) Um, I knew I had a real busy day today. Um, uh, I had some students competing in a grappling event, quite reasonably local, but nevertheless, you know, that was going to eat into a portion of the day. And, uh, so I just thought I'd, you know, get up early, start early and start chipping away at all these, these fights that me and you had to cover, um, which was a bit of an issue because on some of the sites that I sort of tried and tested over the years, um, didn't cover all the fights. So I had to get them from numerous sources. Um, and, of course, me and you were messaging back and forwards to try and get <laughs> me to locate some of these stray fights. But um, we got there through most of them, I think.
1: Yeah, the main, main ones we were able to... Uh, well, like I, I got up and watched the Tyson Fury fight straight away, really frustratedly wow. I avoided the result I turned off notifications on my phone mm. um, and kind of avoid. I didn't know who had won, I was ready I was going to just watch it with my coffee and then wow. just before I put it on I f- just, our habit kind of flicked on Instagram and the very first picture <laughs> was Tyson Fury <laughs> holding the title and I was like, oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well, I managed to stay away from the result completely, so I was um, really enjoying every moment of watching it. To be fair, because I just didn't know what the result was. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, they, you know, you get the entrances as you do these days with the, all the, the pomp and circumstance, um, yeah. and like Fury just looked calm and confident even before yeah, the he fight. Did. He just looked so relaxed. And it was interesting. Mm -hmm. One of the comments he made after the fight was that I took Deontay Wilder's biggest shot in the 12th round of the last fight. And I got up. And he said he had like a bit of an epiphany then that, you know, I took his biggest shot and I got up. There's nothing that he can do now, which is going to stop me. And of course, everyone, all the pundits beforehand were saying, you know, it's either going to be a Wilder KO. Or Fury is going to outbox him over the twelve rounds. Um, yeah. We did not get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first round, Wilder opened up with a couple of jabs, but it was not long before Fury was uh, pushing him right back. Caught him with a couple of jabs and a bunch, but he was Fury was pushing forward and he from that very first round, he was using his size and his weight advantage really, really well just to, he was just leaning on him and he was hitting him with some big shots. You could see, you know, obviously the crowd is all pro fury as it is. And the the crowd is Mm. getting riled. Um, And sometimes that can be, um, like you could, it can feel like shots are maybe causing more damage than what they are because the crowd Mm. starts getting up. But, um, First round, I think Fury was much more active, much more effective, but um, there was nothing too uh, too heavy, nothing too sort of devastating or anything like that. Fury, uh,
0: but but they both come to meet though. They they both were, you know, looking for their crosshands after feeling up with a few jabs. Uh, But I just get the sense that Fury is wanting to go to work very early. It's like he knew he was fit. Yeah, he 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 had his foot down, was pressing pressing a pretty good pace from the get go.
1: Yeah, he was he was quick, wasn't he? And then and I got to say, like Wilder just didn't. I don't know whether it was his timing, but then often with Wilder fights, his timing can be off for the first few rounds. He can yeah. often take a lot of damage. He can he can lose the early rounds. And then mm. he'll win in like a seventh or eighth round with a knockout. That's not uncommon yeah. for, a, for a Deontay Wilder fight. Um, yeah. Obviously, in a minute, we'll discuss now how this, this fight differed from all his other fights in terms mm. of what went on next. Uh, the second round, again, Fury's pushing forward. He's trying to really put the pressure on Wilder from from the get-go. Um Wilder started to string a couple of consecutive jabs which sort of caught Fury in the face. But it, again, it wasn't long before Fury was then pushing forward with his own jab. And then yeah. um, he caught a... I think it was... I can't remember if it was the second round or the third. I think it was the second round where um, pre like prior to when he knocks him down, he caught him with a... Uh, I think it was a right uppercut. And he really caught him flush on the chin. Mm-hmm. And you could see... Uh, Wilder, he didn't you know like stagger really drastically or anything like that, but you could see it rocked him. And I yeah, felt, yeah. Like, from my point of view, that after that uppercut, Wilder didn't look the same. It was as if he had, because I know after the first fight, he said, or oh, uh, Fury's, Fury's punches were like pillows, and it was almost mm. as if that uppercut he suddenly thought, Oh, hang on, there's a bit of power here,
0: which, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, I. I'm not surprised, you know, Fury's not far off seven foot tall. He's a big guy. <laughs> yeah. The round ends with sort of Wilder can trying to still look for that big shot and Fury throws mm. a nice couple of couple of punches. Um I had Fury comfortably winning both rounds, ten nine. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, the same. And then yeah. the third gone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, um, yeah, the, the, I think the defining difference, you know, in, in terms of a both in contrast was that uh, um, I noticed Fury was using a lot more feints with his head, dipping in. Mm. It just looked like not only was he active with his footwork, he was fainting with his hands, he's fainting with his head movement to make him elusive to those big bombs that we know Wilder can throw. And if you have a look at what uh, Wilder was doing, he was leaning back out of his shots. Well, the problem with leaning is. Not only does it make your weight distribution not good, you go into negative footwork, you start leaning, pedaling backwards. Um, If you lean back, if you don't pedal backwards, if you lean, you've got to come back again. So you're going to start Mm. falling onto that double jab, triple jab, right cross, there follows afterwards. Um, But I was just really curious to know why Wilder was leaning as much as he did. Um, It's like, you know, he was a little bit punch shy.
1: Yeah, it's a common uh, theme as well. As, as the fight progressed, mm. he did it
0: more and more. More and more, absolutely, um, yeah.
1: And after he got that big shot a bit later in the fight, which damaged his eardrum by the looks of it. Um, yeah, he's he was bleeding almost, he from was the using, it was... He was using the ropes to stay up, I thought. he, he mm-hmm. Like, well, we'll talk about that now. Um, so round three, Fury came out. I think this is where he catches that big uppercut of Fury. Yeah, him.
0: that's right.
1: He lands the big right uppercut. Um, Wilder's knocked off balance completely. He doesn't go down, but you could see the the kind of shock, if you like, that he felt mm. it. Um, and straight away, uh, Wilder instigated the, the a clinch, and they kind of traded some punches on the inside. Um, yeah. Straight from the clinch, then they, the ref breaks him up the uh, fury and nails a couple of short lefts, uh, followed by a right, and then connects with another uh, quick combination. Uh, upstairs, and then Fury drops Wilder late in the round, um, mm. and Wilder struggled to survive the end of the the third round because the when he hit that combination, it was I think it was a right hook to yeah. Wilder's left ear. Straight away, you could see the the wince on his face in the replay. Um, yeah, his equilibrium was all over the shop straight yeah, from yeah, that, yeah. That, that that right hook to the back it was like caught him just sort of just above the ear. That's right. Yeah, and, right um, around by he, the ear. He was bleeding quite heavily from the ear, um which yeah. I'm told by someone who would know whose medical knowledge that that's almost definitely a perforated eardrum. Um,
0: yeah, I've had I've had that numerous times and that's not nice. It's well, not a nice feeling at all.
1: The person I spoke to earlier said that um there's a very good chance that Wilder won't be able to fight again. Um, right. at the very, very top level because of it. Um, right. Like, obviously, I'm not a doctor, so I have no idea. But he said just because it's a, an injury which is likely to be aggravated so easily just from yeah. not even a hard shot that it could cause him mm. real problems, um, mm. which would be a – which you know, that would be a real shame if that was the case. But obviously, I don't want to
0: speculate yeah, about it. Yeah, I've not heard, um, you know, uh, fighting career's end over a perforated eardrum personally. Um, I've, yeah. you know, I've, I've had it a couple of times in my career and it was um, actually training in boxing gloves that caused it. Um, we was doing MMA, but in boxing gloves and the sweat got all over the gloves. And then when I got cuffed around the ear, it created that seal mm. uh, as it hit, hit into me. So I know all about what that feels like, and it's not a nice <sighs> feeling. It's extremely painful. And if that was the case for Wilder, you know, no wonder why he was off after that. You know, it's, it's not a nice, not yeah, a nice thing. I
1: suppose it's not just the pain. And the, obviously, the flow of blood was relatively heavy, but also his his balance and equilibrium yeah. was which just wasn't the same. Um, yeah. And I do I do think that that shot at the end of the second, uh, start of the third, sorry, uh, did that up cut did contribute to that because I felt like that yeah. rocked him. But that the shot behind the ear is a is a nasty shot to take. Uh, well, you yeah. know more than me, but it's a, you know it's a nasty one because it does throw you off. It makes you disorientated, mm-hmm. um, and of course. You know, because that was the end of the round with, with Wilder almost clinging on, really.
0: The, well, it looked, crowd... like it, it looked like Wilder was thinking it was an MMA match. I thought I was seeing a double leg at one point. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, well, uh... but yeah, just towards the end of that third round when he mm. where he clinched and he sort of, his head went really yeah. low. I thought, here he goes. Yeah. He's gonna,
0: he looked he's gonna very staggery. He was starting round. to look tired already as well. Whether that's a case of the damage that he took, whether it's um, bad preparation, which you, you, know, you, you wouldn't think so at this level of boxing, but he was starting to look tired and, and um, it just got well, more and more apparent as those rounds ticked by. Um,
1: the thing I would say is, I, surely, Deontay Wilder must have prepared so, so well for this fight mm. simply because the first fight he lost. Everybody knows he lost. But yeah because boxing is what it is, Mm. it it was declared a draw. He was outboxed by Fury in the first fight, comfortably. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, he had the big knockdown in the final round, um, which is obviously the visual, which people see. But he was outboxed. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if he came into this fight thinking, you know, unprepared, then that's wholly unprofessional and that's down, you know, that's on him and his coaches. And I'm not saying that is the case. I think mm. Fury, I think he was surprised by the power of Hugh, uh, from Fury because I think yeah. after that first fight, he said himself that he he didn't think Fury had the power to take him yeah. down. But of course, yeah. Fury came in heavier.
0: Fury even heavier than this time around as well. Oh yeah, it? yeah, He'd a lot heavier. It's the heaviest yeah. he's
1: ever been going into a fight. Been, yes.
0: he, so that that will contribute to, he his coach as well. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, he looked good. I, I just think going into a second fight with each other. Uh, Wilder stylistically is more limited. You know, he relies on his power. He relies on having someone allow him that space so he can come in with those one twos. Um, So, you know, he was just always going to do the same thing because we know Wilder is a more proficient style boxer. He was able to switch up how he wants to go about dismantling Wilder and, and Wilder can only hope for the same thing to let his power show through. He's not someone who wants to win on points. He's not someone who's looking no. to go to 12 rounds. He's uh, expecting to put you away with such a, what is it, 95% success rate of putting yeah. the fight to bed. Do I mean, you know huge. what's
1: interesting about that, mate, is um, it's Deontay Wilder is an Olympic, but he, you know, he boxed at the Olympics. So you'd mm. think that he would be as good as Fury in terms of technical boxing and and you know boxing for rounds and points but yeah. he's not he, you know he's all about the power he's all about the knockdowns yeah. and tyson fury always had in his back pocket that if he if his initial plan for those first 5 rounds of using his size and his power didn't mm. work and yeah. you know he didn't get the result he did he could have fallen back fallen behind his jab and just out you know outboxed yeah. technically outboxed wilder and won on on points whereas Wilder Mm. didn't have that and because his timing was so off early on which is not unusual like I said for uh, Deontay Wilder the problem was is his timing was off as usual but then in the meantime we're in the rounds where he normally starts to find his range Mm. he Mm. got caught with a big shot yeah and then his balance and his equilibrium was gone and he just couldn't recover um yeah so going into round 4 both men kind of clinched to open up the round and to me that this fourth round was where I started to worry for Wilder because he was looking for the clinch at every opportunity. He was mm. starting only a little bit at this point but he was taking himself to the corner and against right. the ropes almost as much as Fury was you know pushing him for pushing forward yeah, yeah, yeah. to push him onto the ropes. Not so much as, you do, you know, as he does in sort of round five, six, seven. But it was just the start of that. that not backing away, but just I think his balance was off. And I just don't think he was steady. Um, yeah, he Wilder throws a wild punch uh, early on in that round four. Um, and he stumbles. It's not a knockdown, rightly so. Mm. Uh, Fury connected with a big body punch. Um, and again, Wilder was just, you could tell he wasn't 100%. He was still feeling the knockdown from the previous round. Fury yeah. was very aggressive uh, towards the end of the second part of the round. Uh, he tries to look for the big shot. Um, and I actually mm-hmm. thought that what uh, Fury looked more effective when he wasn't looking for that single big shot. He, yeah. I thought he looked more effective when he was nailing like a one-two, one different combinations. I yeah. felt like he was landing more like that than when he was looking for that one big kind of knockout blow.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he did a good job as well. Um, I think when I was getting into his clinches, he was always managing to stuff Wilder's head down, which is just tiring. Um, And he was just draining any potential for Wilder to have hopes on that knockout. I mean, you can have a hard punch, but you've got to have energy to have a hard punch. And um, I think every time they clinched up, Tyson was stuffing his head down, almost like a guillotine-style position. Um, And it was just leaning on him, making his size count. And, uh, and you just saw more of the legs get taken out from Wilder. Um, I think it's just a really good strategy, really good game plan, really good knowing of where the fight was at at any given time, which is why I think you store this clinch being accepted more um, by Tyson. It, it, you know, Wilder needs space to he- get those dynamite hands accelerating to get some pace on them to land. And uh, Fury was just on him. He was just on him. He was leaning in, pulling his head down all the time. It's a little bit dirty, but it's really effective and it's part of the game.
1: Yeah, Fury gets yeah, stopped it, it, point in the in the fifth yeah. round, didn't he?
0: Yeah, the he did. Round. Yeah.
1: Um, I was just going to ask you that actually. I saw um, Enzo Maccarelli saying uh, he, he, this morning that Tyson Fury used his weight and size advantage really, really yeah. well, not just yeah. in the power point of view, and you know, in terms of his punching but the way he was leaning on Wilder in the clinch. And yep. like you say, pushing his head down and just making yep. sure that because he had the height advantage, he was putting all
0: his weight. Yes, onto exactly. Onto Wilder
1: every time. And you see a yep. lot like in the MMA with grapplers, don't you? And when they yep. get the top, top position, they make you carry them, you know, for the whole round, if they can, yep. just with your body weight. Um, the fourth round finishes with wilder being pressed against the ropes and he gets tagged with a, another right hand from fury much of the same mm. fury 10 9 again um i actually yep. uh, i had the third round with the knockdown as 10 8 um yeah but you know all, all four rounds to fury uh yeah comfortably as well i thought you know there i there was yeah, not yeah. one round uh where i thought wilder came close to uh to really yeah, getting around at all. Uh, the fifth, fifth round I thought would have been a 10 8, but for the docked point. Um, yeah. So the fifth round starts. Fury lands a big shot straight away to open up the round, which lifts the crowd. And mm-hmm. wheel, uh, Wilder straight after this big shot, looking for the clinch, looking for the clinch. Fury's pushing down. He's got all his weight on Wilder. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because Wilder's looking for the clinch. And you yep. think in the circumstances, Fury wouldn't want the clinch because he wants to finish the fight. So he would, yeah, you know, yeah. some, some fighters would get frustrated because they'd want to, you know, they want to finish it and Wilder's clinging on. But actually yeah. Fury used it to his advantage and just leant on him and and used his weight. Um yeah. During the clinch, Fury drops Wilder again. Um I'm not sure if that one was called as a knockdown though. Um Gets, I think
0: one of them, what one of the not, one of them was a trip because I think he got they got yeah, their legs tangled a little his bit, leg, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I think few, he knocked him down um, with a body shot, wasn't it? Was it? Not a body yeah, shot yeah, that's yeah, nothing?
1: that's the that's the one I was just talking. Uh, yeah, I think that's the one I'm referring yeah. to. obviously, I'm going through my notes, but um, yeah, he kind of hit him with a big, big body shot, and he uh, mm. body shot, and he just went down. Um, you know, it was never going to be like a fight ender, but just a nasty we talked about body shots uh, on last yeah, week's yeah, show yeah. i think on a, um, and how nasty they can be um, and you know if you think how tired wilder is he's got blood coming out of his ear blood coming out of his nose and mouth and he's exhausted he's been battered all over the place and then he gets yeah. a big big shot to the ribs yeah that's like the last thing you want i mean in many ways yeah. in some ways i'm sure he would have rather have a you know like a shot a jab in the face than a
0: Big yeah, shot yeah, yeah. to the ribs. Again, I'll put this. I'll put this down to just clever and skill on, on Fury's part. He, he he knew that he a few um, he knew that Wilder's corner will be calling for the knockout. Hey, you've got to like put everything into a couple of rounds to yeah. try and put this guy away. And so he's just started going to the body as well. He just gives so many things for Wilder to think about, and all those extra things he had to think about were taking away any effective energy to throw those hard hands that we know Wilder's got. So he was aiming for the body. He was clinching and leaning all over him. It was just a, a great strategy to take the sting out of the tail of Wilder.
1: So, like, in the fifth round, you see Fury go more for, kind of, rather than big shots, he's going for big, bigger body shots. He's going for yeah. the jab. Is that purely just to wear him down and, and take away his power by just exhausting him
0: rather yeah. than finishing yeah. the fight? Yep, that's it. I just, I just feel like he was like, um, he's just been very predatorial in, in a way where he weren't going to risk getting himself hurt. He was just going to keep chipping away, wearing out the prey um, until it was time to go for the kill. That's just yeah. what it felt like. And normally you sit, you feel like the wilder's the, the the prey. Yeah. The, sorry, the oh, predator, yeah. don't you? Because you know yeah. he's he's hoping on those hands landing, but every second that was clicking away of every round i just felt like the chances of wilder coming back from this was a slipping away i think even if he landed something clean at this point um it wasn't it already enough energy to yeah there really was a not gonna be through. enough on it absolutely yeah
1: so funny enough yeah funny you should say that because in my last notes for the fifth round i've got um furies continuing to attack Wilder's is in rough as and then i've got a swear word shape um and then I said, Wilder hasn't landed a single punch in this round, round and he is literally hanging on for dear life.
0: And yeah, that absolutely. Is with
1: Fury being docked for a point for pushing Wilder. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah.
1: So, yeah, 9 8 that round because of the yep. dock point. But I felt now, this next round, round six, I thought this is when either the referee or the uh, Wilder's team should have stepped in. Uh, yeah. I know I give him credit for, you know, throwing the towel in in round seven. But I've, there was a point in round six towards the end where I was starting to feel a bit uncomfortable about this yeah. guy being beaten round the head by a six foot eight behemoth, very skilled fighter. And he was just taking headshot after headshot and he just wasn't defending it. Uh um,
0: no. Yeah, oh, he so think- yeah, he wasn't responding. Yeah, he wasn't responding. He, he, he was becoming a, a punch bag, and it looked like he was just trying to get through the rounds. He, it wasn't even like it looked like he was making scope to get through the whole fight. He looked like he was just taking round by round, but surviving. Really, the, that last couple of rounds we see, and I um, yeah, I had for, very similar thoughts to yourself. Really, um, the the demeanor, the, the body language that you were getting from Wilder was that you know. Practically had enough. It wasn't like he was looking to win the fight anymore. Like I say, just trying to get through it.
1: Yeah, he just he he didn't want to give up and stop. And um, he, but he obviously wasn't looking to win at this point. Um, yeah. Like the one thing I would say as well about that is like because I know some people, particularly fighters, will say, "Well, no, you know, you've got to give him every chance. You've got to let him go out on his shield and and all the things which you know these brave fighters do and say." But my point is. Um, even if you're someone my size and you're taking repeated head sh- head punches and kicks, whatever it is, whatever sport, but if you're taking repeated head shots and you're not defending yourself, in what we know about CTEs and you know the, mm-hmm. the tragedies which have happened in combat sports over the years, now even if that's someone my size, five foot six, whatever, that's dog mm-hmm. You know that can be dangerous as yeah. all fighting is dangerous. But for someone who's six foot eight and is weighs as much as Tyson Fury is as skilled as Tyson Fury, is yeah. as powerful as Tyson Fury. If you're taking repeated headshots and you're just very, very weakly he, there was points mm-hmm. in the that sixth round where he wasn't even he didn't even have his gloves high up. Yeah. They were like down here. So every shot was getting through. Um Right, I'll, t- I'll quickly take us through the round. Uh, round six is Fury lands with multiple big body shots straight away, and you see, I don't know whether that took you know a lot out of Wilder in this, that initial start to the round, or whether he was just you know exhausted already. But they certainly didn't help. Uh, mm-hmm. And Fury, by this point, is you know he's really pushing forward. But this is the point where I referred to earlier, where Wilder was looking for the ropes, looking for the yeah. corner himself. Because his mm-hmm. balance was so off, um, he's uh, sorry. Fury's pressuring him against the ropes. Wilder's bleeding from the ear, the mouth, the nose, yeah. um, and his ear, ear was quite heavily as well. Uh, Tyson Fury's yeah. got blood all over his chest because of the, you know, the amount of blood coming from Wilder. He actually mm-hmm. tries to lick the blood from yeah, Wilder's right. neck at one point. I know. Said he wanted to taste his blood before yeah. the fight, but it's a bit of a <laughs> weird it. way to finish the round, yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't quite what happened uh, with Tyson and Van der Overfield, where he's eating ears and stuff. But
1: No, he wasn't. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like aggressive <laughs> like that, was it? It was more of like, uh, it was almost, you know what I thought? A lick, uh, a, a lick rather than just, a bite. Yeah, it was almost <laughs> as if he was like feeling a bit playful as Tyson Fury is. But he, he was almost like he remembered, oh, I said I'm going to taste his blood.
0: Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, it was shows and, how confident um,
1: he was that he was going to, you know, he was running away with the fight because, yeah, you know, he, he's obviously, he was thinking of other things. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so round six, 10-9 again. I need, yeah, I, I need 10-8. I could have been 10-8, yeah. really.
0: Could, um, yeah, could argue the case for that.
1: And the thing is, from the second round onwards... Middle of the second round onwards, Wilder barely landed a punch. No, um, which when you compare the level, you know, when you think of the level of boxing that this is, you know, it's the mm. very, very tip top. Um, yeah, you know, you look at the the damage that Deontay Wilder has left in his mm. wake over the, you know, he's undefe- Was undefeated. Mm. So for Tyson Fury, I think. Um, well, I'll ask you this question now in a minute because I want to because it kind of falls in with this. But uh, I'll take us through the final round. Round seven, uh, Wilder's pacing himself, moving backwards. Um, But he's not putting his hands up. He's not moving. You know, he's not moving on his feet. He's not Mm. dodging punches. He's not swaying. He's He's not trying to get out of the way. He's not making himself a moving target. He hasn't got his hands up. So to me, straight away in that start to round seven, again just like round six, I'm thinking, come on, referee or his team, someone's got to step in before something. You know, you don't want something tragic to happen because that would mar, you know, mar everything. You don't want people to get seriously hurt. Um, And he wasn't defending himself. That's my. That's, um, I got no problem giving exhausted fighters a chance, particularly in boxing, to to get a second wind yeah but but like round 6 and 7 wilder wasn't defending headshots big headshots mm-hmm. big body shots um and i think that's the kind of problem for me between an exhausted fighter maybe taking a couple of shots here and there that he wouldn't normally to you know to maybe should we be stopping this yeah uh, i don't know what you think about that
0: yeah pretty much the same really i think it could have been stopped possibly you know in round 6 at times um by the referee i think the referee was looking closer and closer and closer if you saw a couple of times in that seventh round when the ref was pulling them apart he was really looking in the eyes of Wilder yeah and um i think he could see that this is this is not going to go any other way than than being a beating and um and you know more than ever before we're trying to protect these combat you know sportsmen and, and absolutely rightly so you know we do hear about and see too often about problems neurologically um, yeah. because of the result of impacts, even with football players now headroom footballs. So yeah, you've got to have you know uh, a percentage of you know uh, protection for the fighters. Um, I think we we had seen the best the fight was going to give um, in in terms of them both being competitive. Uh, it was getting to a point where it just was not competitive. Um, it was a one-way uh, an absolutely good stoppage.
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh, like I say, he wasn't putting his hands up. He wasn't defending himself. Uh, Fury continues mm. to put the pressure on um, the champion. Wilder has no answer. Wilder is yet to mm. really even get his one hand up. Um, yeah. Fury pressures him into the corner. He's throwing a big flurry of punches. And then uh, the Deontay Wilder's team throws the towel in. Um, yeah. Look, obviously, looking out for that fighter. Wilder looked a yeah. bit bemused, a bit miffed. Which you, you know, he's a fighter. He wants to go out mm. on his shield, as he said. But ultimately, you know, as as you know, as a coach and as a a, a team, first and foremost, is about protecting the fighter sometimes from themselves. Um, yeah. And in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of his life overall and his later life. I think it was absolutely right that they threw the towel in.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, that was all good.
1: Fury, new WBC heavyweight champion of the world. And uh, pretty much about as impressive as it could have been.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was more dominant than I thought it was going to be. I thought there would be some times where, you know, uh, we'd see Wilder connect and and maybe look a little, little more dangerous than he did. But Tyson Fury just got handed to him. He boxed extremely well and adapted as the rounds went by to make Wilder continue to be ineffective. Um, yeah, fair play to the man. He's he's, uh, he's doing a good job. Doing a good job in there.
1: Well, when you consider two years ago, uh, Tyson Fury, I think someone said it was he was nearly between 8 and 10 stone heavier than what he was not, like last night. Yeah. Uh he was on the brink of suicide. He had a drugs habit. He'd gone completely yeah. off the rails after his yeah. you know victories. Um to come back in not just come back and be a heavyweight champion, but to come back uh in the first bout outbox Wilder and then this time completely uh you know let's 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 be real, he completely decimated uh Deontay Wilder last night. Really yeah. conclusive um you know, barring knocking him clean out unconscious, he yeah. couldn't have done any more. Um mm. and that's not you know, Deontay Wilder's no mug, he's unbeaten, he's KO'd everybody in his path, he fought at the Olympics. Uh, yeah. He's very few people to knock Tyson Fury down. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know. Uh that that cut, which obviously everyone had speculated about Tyson Fury, whether he be able, you know, if done, if Deontay Wilder could get get at that cut, then it might get stopped because it was such a big cut. Yeah. Um, but no, not to be, uh, like I say, I think I feel like that nasty uppercut at the start of um, round three prior to the knockdown. Uh, I feel like that did, uh, I think psychologically, I think that that affected Deontay yeah. Wilder before obviously the. The physical uh, effects of the, the the hook and the 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 bleeding ear and stuff affected the equilibrium. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kudos to Deontay Wilder's corner for watching their fighter. Uh, kudos mm-hmm. to um, Tyson Fury as well. The first thing he said after the fight is it wasn't a celebration of the king is back and this and that and the other. The first things he said was. About Deontay Wilder, what a warrior he is, et cetera. cetera. And then he says all those things, but he's all about um, respect. Uh, Yeah, he's a good
0: man. Yeah, he's a good man.
1: Um, And people forget this. Like, I know um, Joshua beat Klitschko, but Joshua beat Klitschko when he was on his way out and he was past his best. Tyson Fury beat Klitschko at the absolute peak of his abilities so before he had his um issues away from the ring tyson fury was the the kind of the king of the heavyweight division mm. so to go around and do that a second time is it's impressive
0: um yeah absolutely
1: a lot of fighters don't do it once but to do it twice and mm. yeah now this heavyweight division is a very very interesting uh Interesting playpen at the moment, I would say. Yeah, there's uh, some very big fights to, to to talk about. Um, but we'll, I'm gonna rather than getting you to, to maybe speculate on where we can go next with the heavyweight division, I'm gonna leave that to a bit later because we've had a couple of questions about it. Um, so we'll do those at the end, yeah. Um, so I was going to move on to UFC Auckland. I'm going to do it well, rather than switch back and forth. I'm just going to briefly talk about Cody Davis. Uh, obviously, Cody Davis, uh, prior to last night, was 10-0 Welsh boxer mm. for uh, Omar Sadiq in a right. uh, title eliminator on BT Sport uh, fight night. Cody, you know, is, is very well known that he's expected to be a world champion one day. Exceptionally mm. gifted fighters fought mm-hmm. at the the Commonwealth Games for Wales. He's um, very talented. Um, So he's dropped down to super middleweight. Uh, He came out flying. First couple of rounds looked really good. Um, From about the fifth round onwards, he seemed to just have no gas left in the tank. Um, I thought that, although the eighth round, I think it was, he suddenly had like a second wind and he looked for the first part of the eighth round like he might finish it. Um, but, you know, to be fair to Sadiq, he showed, um, you know, some guts to, to hang in there. Um, it went to points and they gave it to Sadiq marginally. Um, I had it and I saw a lot of pundits and the commentators had it as a draw. But it was a London boy in Bethnal Green. Right. You know, you know I didn't expect it to be given as a draw, i got to be honest. But, but yeah. equally, it was such a close fight that... You couldn't it wasn't one of those where you're like, Oh my god, he's been robbed. Right. Um it was more of a I'm really disappointed for him because I right. feel like he did enough at the very least it was a draw. Yeah. Um, yeah. He could have probably he could have perhaps sneaked it. Um but look like Cody's come out this morning and said that he thinks maybe even though he made the weight easily, um, in terms of you know how much it took out of him in the weight cut. Uh, going down to super middleweight, he said it took it out of him too much um, in the fight. Now, I know you haven't seen this fight, but what I wanted to kind of ask you about is, so when I spoke to Cody last week, uh, well, yeah, last last Friday, I spoke to him, not this Friday gone, but Friday gone before, um, he was on course to be, you know, hit the weight. Um, yeah. He was no problems. He looks in phenomenal shape. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I'd say is he does... He looks in an unbelievable say, uh, shape, you know, from a muscular point of view, he's jacked. Mm. But I just think he looks a bit small for his big frame, if that makes sense right. to you. Okay. So, like, he, you know, he looks like jacked, but he's, the, his height and his frame just look bigger than what his physique was perhaps showing. And so he said straight away that he thinks that he needs to be at a lightweight and maybe super middleweight is a right. step too far. If, yeah. I was just wondering if you could sort of tell us why, like for someone who's made the weight easily, why that's caused him a problem within the fight, you know, the next day
0: or a yeah, day. Well, we all respond to weight cut differently. You know, for some people they can not only weight cut a lot and seem to do it easily, you know, they can perform really well on it. But for some people, you know, they might seem to have what seems to be an easy weight cut, they get to it easy, but on the day of the fight they're lacking something and then you can add the unfortunate ones where they find it hard for their weight cut and they perform bad as well
1: mm-hmm.
0: weight cutting we all respond differently um the ones that seem to do better at it are the americans because they do it from you know their high school to, uh, years you know with their wrestling yeah, and wrestling that. and things because um, like there is a little bit of you know it's like preparing your body so once you've been doing weight cut. Uh, for a good number of years your your body gets yeah. accustomed to it you learn about your own body etc but i do think that the trend to try and be as big as you can uh you know by weight cutting as much as you can to get as you know into the division light as you can um i think that's a trend that's beginning to diminish um and one really that the commissions in terms of mma anyway uh, are putting close to by you do, doing um you know weight checks leading up to the fight all Uh, right so not when
1: sorry to interrupt um yeah so with a weight check do you mean they're checking before they're in camp and stuff like that even before that it's like a general well
0: well, they're they're asking for the doctors to uh weigh them in during camp um to make sure, you know, when you're out of camp, you can do what you want. But as soon yeah. as you're in training camp, when you're a certain number of weeks out, they they want to get a checkup on what your weight is, and it's all to protect you. Um, and I'm absolutely all for it. I think that's a good thing. Um, and then likewise, you know, um, if you do start, you know, cutting a lot of weight for the uh, the, the weigh in, um, and then you put on too much, also there's uh, you know there's now rules to how much you can put on. Um, you know, to stop these people striving to, you know, do these extreme weight cuts to try to get some kind of size advantage. But along with trying to get size advantage comes a deficit of energy. And like I say, everyone responds differently to that. You know, as much as you can feel like, oh, well, that weight cut felt easy. um, You know, your body will tell you that on the day of the fight. Um, You know, you might feel okay, but once you start exerting yourself and you start hitting that wall a little earlier than you normally would, that's when you know that the way cut actually wasn't that easy for you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I just think we're all different with that.
1: Yeah. So like with Cody's case, like the first few rounds, he looked sharp and he looked quick and he did put, you know, he put a lot into it. Yeah. And then around about round five, he just looked really tired. And I, Mm -hmm. I, at the time, you know, in that sort of fifth and sixth round, I wondered whether it was just because he'd put so much into the, the early rounds but he yeah. never really got a second wind apart from briefly in the in the 8th round. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously then he came out himself and said that you know he's going to probably go back up to light mid uh, uh light heavyweight. Um For sure. So, you know, look, from a from an ability and a talent point of view, Cody Davis is uh is a future world champion. Um, obviously, this is a new set of problems uh, for him. It's something he's not experienced before. He's never lost. So, yeah. psychologically, you know, he's got to conquer that. He's got a great team around him, a great coach, former world champion in himself in Gavin uh, recent mm. So, it'll be interesting, you know, to see how he responds because I think, you know, if he'd won that last night, he was a title shot. Um, yeah. So you know that's another psychological aspect to it, isn't it? Is that mm-hmm. oh, I was so close, I would have had a title shot, and yep. and now I've lost my and beaten. You know, it's small margins, and um, and in the fight game, you know, I know uh, Omar, uh, Omar Sadiq felt a bit disrespected by the bookies that they had Cody such a high favorite that he felt mm. a bit, you know, as if, well, hang on a minute, I'm yeah, I've got, I'm I'm a good fighter as well. Mm. Um but there we go i you know, I think look, I don't want to kind of be disrespectful to anyone or or but i I felt like watching that fight that Cody wasn't up to his usual standard, whether it was down to the weight or whatever mm. it may be, and I felt like if he was at his tip top condition and um performance that he would take. You know, Umar Sadiq apart, mm. technically, yeah, but it wasn't to be on the night, and I could see the way it was scored and things. I could see them giving it to Cody. I could see them giving it to Sadiq, and I could have seen a draw. That's how close it was. Right, it is what it is. It's a fight, Um yeah, yeah. Cody yeah. has he's, to reevaluate. Yeah, Cody
0: still, you know, if he's only had 10-11 fights now, you know, it's still he's still young. Yeah, it's still in the early stages of his career. To be fair. Um, I'm sure he bounced back for it. And um, so he tried a lighter weight, didn't work out. He can just go back up to his normal weight and um, and try and continue to be effective there, which I think is a good call.
1: Indeed. Okay. So let's move on to MMA. Yes. And uh, we'll, let's go with, what should we start with? Let's do the UFC card first. And then yeah. we'll touch on Bellator before we finish. Sure. Um, I really, really enjoyed this UFC card. I've got to say, um, yeah, like on paper, I was looking forward to the main event. I wasn't that familiar with some of the fighters on the lower undercard. card. Um, but I gotta say, from top to bottom, I thought it was fantastic, fantastic mm. card to watch. Um first fight was very, very good. Uh, Brad Rydell versus uh Mag Magamid Mustafev M- yeah. yeah, yeah, this uh,
0: was
1: this was a good fight. Uh, this is really, really enjoyable. Bit of a contrast in styles. Um, both very highly thought of fighters as well by the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Mustafayev is uh, one of their kind of, I don't want to say pet projects, because that sounds a bit as if he's kind of there when he doesn't deserve it. He absolutely deserves it. But he's one of the yeah. guys which they think very highly of. Um, yeah, yeah, they do you know like your jack Shaw's and your mm. um the other guy which i can't pronounce his name with the big hair um from the same part of the country of dagestan um there's a couple of uh, dagestani fighters who were you know they've got big high hopes
0: for um yeah yeah yeah
1: so round 1 begins with uh, mustafayev uh, attacking rydel with a high kick Mustafaev nails a swing in right with a kick to the midsection straight off so you could see straight away he had the the range down with his uh, with his kicking from the off. Uh, yeah. Rydell drops in with a right hook, which yeah,
0: very early, yeah, yeah stunned him, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it did because you had the the he had the two sort of kicks, the one high kick uh, or the two high kicks, and then the the kick to the mid section, and straight away you thought, oh well, oh, he's got his range. Um, mm-hmm. And then Rydell just surprised him with the right hook and he pounced on him with some more strikes and he gets the top control on the ground. Uh, Mustafaev rolls over straight away for the heel hook. Uh, Rydell escapes and they get back to their feet. It was a good little exchange to start the fight, you know, with some strikes Yeah, and yeah. little grappling exchange. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: fast, you know, fast start to uh, an MMA, but not, not much of a feeling out press uh, process. Um, you know, uh, when, when that right cross landed, I thought, "Well, croaky, is going to be a start of an early finish?" Which is really would be shocking with these yeah. with these guys. They're so good, aren't they? And so rowdy. Um, you wouldn't expect them to be put away early. And uh, but yeah, like you say, yeah, I had a little bit of a top position, but went for a leg lock very quickly, and went for was going for a heel hook, which we, as we know as well, can put a bout away quite early. Um, so it's all systems and all actions go. But I do feel like their wrestling advantage was always uh in um the Kegger's Guns you know corner. Yep, that, that's what they do. That's where they're, they're the most proficient. They look easy, look comfortable, and they look strong there. Um and he was he it looked like he was he was manhandling him somewhat in that in that position. He was on his back um but just couldn't seem to get it to the floor and keep it to the floor. As much as he was having his way positionally. Um, he wasn't at, at being able to be proactive with it in terms of being able to do any damage because he had to clasp his hands together to keep control. Of course, if you're clasping your hands together, you're limited with just kneeing, but if you're on your yeah. back, you're kneeing the legs and that's about it. Um, it, it looked like if he was going to unleash any kind of meaningful ground and pound, he was going to lose control. Um, and that, that makes it a real hard round to score. I mean, how did you score that? I mean, you had a knockdown uh, had in the to, round.
1: Uh, I had it ten to nine to Mustafaev, right. um, yeah, simply because he had a couple of early strikes, which I thought, and then obviously when they were on the ground, I felt yeah. like he did a bit more, and he reversed something somewhere along the lines, and I felt like he just did that only a little bit more, but just a bit more overall in terms of, you know, his yeah. uh, his grappling on the ground and his striking. Um, yeah, I would agree. It, it was interesting though, because the first couple of seconds you had Mustafaev looking for the, the kicks, then yeah. you had Rydell uh, dropped in with a strike and then it looked like Rydell wanted it on the ground, but then straight mm-hmm. away you saw that Mustafaev was absolutely comfortable on that ground, um, as all yeah, these yeah. Pakistani, you know, they're phenomenal wrestlers, Um and it finishes that round with uh, Mustafaev nails Rydell with some knee strikes to the midsection. Um, mm. Rydell spins Mustafaev into the cage wall before the round ends. But then yeah. and that's the thing; like there was, I, I gave it to Mustafaev, but there was certain aspects of it where I think maybe maybe out could have taken it as well. You know, he yeah. knocked him, he got him down. He he briefly had the top position, threw him against the yeah. cage. There was he he goes scored a takedown during the fight.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: like when I read my notes back I think, oh and I start remembering it and I think, well actually mm-hmm. maybe maybe Rydell did, did did take
0: it. Um yeah I
1: I gave it to Mr Five.
0: Yeah, I, I gave it the same um quite simply because you know Rydell had that one success and um that and that was all it is. I mean can you really win a round just by being effective with one cross hand. Yeah. Um but, you know, fair fair play to Rydell landing it, you know, so early on. Not only is it a cross-hand, it's a cross-hand where they've got opposite stances. So, you know, he's got to really feel comfortable with his range. And we know he's a proficient striker anyway. But, um, yeah, an interesting round. But I, I, I'd call it the same like, like you did. But, you know, as we go into that second round, I, I think we start seeing Rydell look even more comfortable and start feeling like, hey, you know, this, this guy's truly beatable. And um, started landing in those... Calf kicks and started being effective with them, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I felt like, um, the set, yeah, like you said, I think the second round, Rydell settled, um, yeah. a little bit. He begins straight away with some a nice right hook, um, and some leg kicks, which, yeah, he charges him then and he lands a good punch combination. Mr. Fire fires back with some leg kicks mm. of his own. Mr. Fire responded with um, a couple of two punch combinations. Uh, Rydell, uh he kind of comes forward, he nails Mr. Five with his own combination. Mr. Five nails yeah. Rydell with some kicks to the midsection. Um, yeah. It was it was very back and forth. Um uh, Mr. Five got a takedown, um but then Rydell was able to get back up fairly quickly. Um yeah. and then he finished the round with another takedown and Rydell got up again. Um mm-hmm. I had this one 10-9 to Rydell. Where did you have
0: this one? Yeah. Way? Yeah, I, I had the same. Um, I, I, I felt like Rodell was really taking charge in this round. He was looking effective with his strikes. Um must have looked like he was um, looking a little bit more vulnerable. He shot in and got sprawled on as well. Mm. Um, you know, so you know, him, him trying to make a clinch affair of it failed um, and, and left him looking short. So absolutely, yeah, I think Rodell got it one one apiece going into the third round.
1: Yeah, and a couple of those uh, early strikes he managed to hit quite cleanly as well. Yeah. Um, so, they went into the third round, one round apiece, on our scorecards at least. Um yep. The round began with Rydell. he attempted a high kick. Uh, Mustafaev falls during a spinning kick attempt, and Rydell nails him with a few strikes as he's on his way back up. Uh, Mustafaev yeah. and Rydell exchange some kicks. Uh, to the midsection of the body. have uh, nailed Rydell with a nice knee strike before eating a, combi- uh, a punch combination. have cracked Rydell with a lovely uh, spinning back fist, but he only managed to catch the kind of top of his head. Um, yeah. Then Rydell scored a nice takedown, landed some strikes. Mustafa right. scrambled to his feet, and uh, Rydell kicked him in the midsection. section um, Again, Yeah. Those.
0: Quite- midsection kicks that yeah those midsection kicks as well i think against anyone else would have been more consequential but um yeah he he took those body kicks really well but still nevertheless give give uh, Thief, uh something to think about
1: do you know what i imagine like these dagestani fighters like khabib and Mustafayev and um the other guys which i can't pronounce their names, them like just like doing chin-ups while being kicked in the stomach
0: yeah, I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. I
1: just could just imagine him doing it. Like, <laughs> um, Mustafaev goes for a takedown and uh, Rydell defends it while landing some strikes. Um, mm. and then the round finishes with Mustafaev going for another takedown, but Riley Rydell uh winds up in top control. Um, and I thought Rydell did that quite a, a few times throughout the fight quite well. Yep. Was when Mustafaev went for takedown, um, either sprawled out or he he ended up in top control. He yeah. defended the takedown attempts pretty well. Yeah. Um, how did you have the third round scored?
0: Yeah, I, I had it for Rydell. I felt like, you know, um, he had a little bit of time on top um, as well. Um, yeah, I just think he was... He was just looking like the guy who had more tools. Um, yeah. You know, Mr. Fave uh, was just trying to, trying to do the wrestle. Yeah. Um, was unable to appear to be able to do anything regards looking like he was going to be dangerous with the damage which is strange because we've seen him in the past look like he could really you know lay out some 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 nasty uh, damage himself but yeah it just wasn't un- able to look that effective um yeah, yeah.
1: um like rydell just all round looked like he could win it with strikes or he could win it with you know on the ground there was just a bit more about him um yeah obviously the, the the official decision was a split decision uh with one judge yeah. giving it to mr Five. can you see that like where they would have how they would have scored that
0: yeah um you know uh, you know because of the time cuz he he was kind of on his back on the feet wasn't he in in that second round and uh, i'm thinking maybe it's that one that they've you know given you know yeah. his favor but um Yeah, we're all left scratching ahead a little bit with these judges, but then again, you know, we're not judge specialists anyway, uh, by any stretch. But um, yeah, I felt like that shouldn't have been a split decision. I think it was two rounds to ride out and reasonably clear as well, I'd suggest. Yeah,
1: whilst it was a relatively close fight, I didn't think Mm. the the rounds were, you know, close where you couldn't decide who took it. Like, you Mm. know, there's a fight later on in this card where it was yeah. so difficult to, to try and work out yeah you know who took each round but yeah you know it was really hard um mm-hmm. so next up we had Ben Sassoli versus uh, Marcus Rogiero de Lima uh this was all right yeah last. the big
0: guys <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: this didn't didn't last too long.
0: <laughs> I don't think it was ever going to last that long. But uh, respect to them both. both um, and and Delema. Well, it, it's like he trusted in his power. And he's just like kept fr- kept thinking to himself, I'm going to throw everything out as I can. I know something's going to nail him. I know it's, I'm going to put this guy away. He just was doing it with confidence, which is surprising because the other chap can bang too. Um yeah you know, they just had their heads down and were were, were swinging um yeah it, it was pretty impressive you know, just to, just the confidence the way he was going forwards in the in the manner that he did um it, it was almost like he he saw the future and he knew it was the way to win because uh, he didn't hold back on anything nothing was prepped up it was all guns ablaze
1: and yeah, there was one point where they neither of them was even looking at each other they were like huh just like head down bang 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 yeah so uh, slowly
0: you know he did have his chin really tucked and um and he always likes to land that that rear hand of his and and was stepping through willing to fight fire with fire which made it you know made it entertaining for the small duration that it was going on it was yeah that.
1: and um Lima tried to nail a couple of high kicks as well which um was, yeah uh, he's being diverse
0: yeah, yeah so, so uh, it, you know, he was just coming forward with his hands mainly. He's you he could tell clearly wanting to land that um left cross of his or you know, or left hook. He he kept looking to throw that over. Um mm. but uh DeLima was being a little bit more a little bit more diverse with his striking. Yeah, and uh Yeah it, it was uh, the route to win. Yeah. Mm.
1: Delima Lima dropped uh, Sasoli with a three punch combination and the referee yeah. jumped in quickly.
0: yeah N- none of them super clean, but it just goes to show how much weight was on those punches. It kind of scold him on the side of the head um, rather than clean on the jaw but uh you know they're big dudes and they were throwing down with fresh energy and with everything that they had someone was gonna someone was gonna get put away
1: yeah with these big boys you don't always need that kind of clean clean mm-hmm. shot. To to do the damage, um, mm-hmm. okay. So next up, we had uh, oh jeez, uh, <laughs> I'm going to call it Carol, Carol Carolina K because I no way can I pronounce her second name and I don't want to butcher it.
0: Carolina um, is nice and easiest. Stick with that. <laughs> yeah,
1: Carolina K and uh, Jan Oh my gosh. Uh, site Jianen is a, a Chinese name, which I'm
0: yeah, Yan.
1: Yeah, we'll call <laughs> it <do>. uh, Carolina <laughs> versus Yan. Um, this is an enjoyable fight, though. I, I yes, really enjoyed I enjoyed this. it. Uh,
0: yeah, Yan, Yan come out, everything she threw was hard as she could. She was kiying on every single punch, kick, knee. She? yeah. Um, yeah, she come out she looking quick. to be powerful, and, and she looked every bit of that. Um, yeah, uh. You know, that Carolina was left a little bit bewildered with how to approach it, really. I think she was giving away a little bit in size, a little bit in strength, and just didn't have enough pep on her punches and kicks. And um, it was very, very quickly looking like, you know, it was all for Jan to try to stop uh, Carolina and for Carolina to try to get through the rounds. But Carolina did show some skill on the ground, which, you know, looked like she could find ways to win. Um and that really was the theme of the whole, the whole fight, really. That first round was just, you know, Yan trying to, you know, put the finish with any which way she could on the feet. And uh, Carolina looking to try to do some uh, wrestling. um, well, uh, But against, you know, a, a big, strong Yan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think Yann yeah. ended up scoring the takedowns, didn't she? She ended up scoring the takedowns Yeah, I think in she but
1: uh she nailed a couple of uh I think it was two takedowns in the first uh yeah. in the first round and and but you like you say she was quite she was quite to to use the word you just used she was quite diverse in the way she was trying to go about her business, mm. whether it yeah. was with strikes or takedowns, mm. she did her best to really try and put Carolina, who's the ranked fighter, ranked number fourteen. Um yeah. You know, so it was kind of on really, it should have been on Carolina to to push that fight um, as the ranked fighter. But uh Jan was all about particularly in the first two rounds, um, and even the third round as well, she really pushed forward and and Mm. wanted to make a statement. And I feel like she did. I gotta say, I thought um she had an impressive show and um the second round began with uh Jan kicking uh, Carolina in the midsection. Yeah. Uh, she charges forward. She nails her with some combinations. Uh, Jan backs up the Carolina and she's kind of swinging a bit. Um, <coughs> Carolina does swing back and gets with a counter right. Um, Jan backs Carolina into the cage with mm-hmm. a, a series of right hands um, which gave Carolina then chance. She tried to grab her to uh, to try and get her off herself off the the cage wall and get herself uh, out of that kind of danger zone, if you like. Mm. Uh, Jan dragged her to the ground, um, but she did let her get back up. Were you surprised that she just let her back up?
0: I I just think Jan at this point was comfortable to be any anywhere with uh, Carolina. Yeah, um, I felt like she was just you know feeling that confident. Um, yeah, she was. Yeah, wherever it goes, yeah, I, she didn't. It it was not like uh, in her interest to have to keep it down. She was winning yeah. when it was down. She was winning when it was clinched. Um, she was winning when it was striking. So I just don't think there was any urgency to have to keep it down. And yeah, I think that's yeah, why I mean, you see Carolina scramble up. It wasn't because Carolina was doing anything special to get to her feet. Um, I just don't think Jan just didn't care where it was. Yeah, and she kind of just... Um... She let her get back up, and then straight
1: away she hit, she um, she hit Carolina as Carolina was trying to do it, like some sort of spinning attack. She got her with a mm. uh, a counter right, and then Jan scored another takedown. Um, yeah, and she gets the the north south position. Uh, yeah. Jan sort of got up, and she makes Carolina stand as well. Um, yeah, Jan was really successful with the right hands throughout this round. Throughout yeah. the whole fight, really uh, She nailed Carolina with a nice front kick to the face And uh, Jan then finished the round with another combination um, yeah. And I actually thought this round two was not far off being a 10-8 um, yeah was I gave dominant. it a 10-9 just because whilst it was dominant I didn't feel like there was any uh, real danger of the fight finishing If that makes right. sense
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I would pretty much agree with that.
1: Like it was a very dominant round, about as dominant as you could get, but Yeah. There was never a point where I was like, Oh, she's clinging on a bit, yeah. It was
0: Yeah, I think if it's going to be dominant in terms of giving it a 10-8, I think there has to be elements where, you know, there's a potential knockout. Finish it. Or or yeah. or you know, you was on the back actually with a, a choke sunk in or a guillotine standing, something along those lines. But there was never any any visual that might have told us that, um, you know, the finish was pending, um, no, you know, although it is one sided,
1: yeah. Uh, so I had that round 10 9. The third round begins with uh, Jan taking a few swings at Carolina, yeah. Uh, she nails it with a really nice counter right hand, uh, yeah. and then she cracks it with a couple of kicks, she hits, um, again uh Carolina went for like a spinning I think it was like a spinning back fist. Um, yeah. and she gets caught. Um Jan scores a takedown
0: again. Yeah um, she just gets the hips, doesn't she? And just literally yeah. bullies her down. There was nothing pretty about it. Just being the bigger, stronger girl. But then then it got interesting for me. And this is what why I say you know, we did see little little fleets of Carolina looking like, well maybe you know she's got an area that she could perhaps try and put it away. She started setting up leg locks. And um, and Yang wasn't doing anything super intelligent like she was in the know on how to get out of it best. Um, you know, she had that uh, heel hook sunk in, but she unfortunately had her leg a little bit too straight. Um, when you start setting up a heel hook in the way that Carolina was, you really want to start taking the leg over. So you're reaping on the knee. And then it exposes that heel a little bit more and you can get more turn pressure on it. But um, yeah, she just had her leg a little bit too straight, uh, and so she didn't have enough bite on that heel. Um, yeah, it's kind of like it got me on the edge of my seat a little bit because I was thinking, oh bless her, you know, she she could pull it off, pull up at a bit of an upset with the way the fight was going. But yeah, it it it's, it's just a sense that you know, putting all that beans into trying to go for that submission. It just wasn't there for her. She was running out of ideas once she had that leg lock and she had a best shot at that heel hook and it just weren't happening for her. It was like, well, she kept that position, didn't she, for a little while, but did know, have no other transitions to go to to, to know what to do to try to, to finish this, yan.
1: Would have been really harsh if... Um she had got that heel hook in and submitted yeah. Jan after she had dominated yeah. three rounds because um, yeah. she was very dominant. Uh, just to finish off, Jan defends by attacking her with some strikes. Uh, she attacks Carolina with some ground up pound. She sweeps. Uh, Carolina sweeps Jan. Uh, she gets that top control and then the round ends. Yeah. Uh, again, I still at 10-9 to Jan uh which made it thirty twenty seven for me. Uh the judges yeah. gave a ten eight. So they had it all had it as thirty twenty-six, thirty twenty-six, thirty twenty-six.
0: Right. Okay. Which was interesting mm.
1: because both yeah. me and you said that we thought it was not far off a ten eight, but there was no kind yeah. of fight ending or potential yeah. fight ending sequences. But the, all the judges gave a gave one of the rounds yeah. as a ten eight.
0: And they may have done that because of the um in the second round uh, Carolina was having trouble with her eye, kept wiping it away. Um, so whether okay. they scored it that ten eight because they felt like a damage had been done enough to make it that convincing, um, and then in that third round she then cut her eye as well. So she was having trouble with that right eye, um, and she gets cut on it. Maybe that's why they scored it ten eights. I don't know, but to me, yeah. I'd, I would want to see something a little bit more convincing to score a ten eight.
1: Yeah, I, I I think so, um, but
0: wouldn't so have the result con- either all con- way. <laughs> it wouldn't no, have changed no, the result a, either
1: all way. Very impressive. um mm. Very impressive display by Jan. Yeah, agreed. Um, next up was, again, a short fight, but very, very enjoyable. Uh, it was Jim Krugt versus ah, Michael yes. uh, Olek, Olek- Siskur. Yeah. Jim crotz versus mikhail <laughs> i am i should try and work out how to say these I just struggle with them um, <laughs> here so this finished uh Jim Cruz beat mikhail uh by submission via kimura uh three mm. minutes twenty nine of the first round um, yeah this was a really interesting fight like straight away uh straight yeah. in you got uh, Jim Cruz, who's uh scoring a takedown and he's getting back straight control, in with that double, landing there's <laughs> yeah. yeah, some yeah. really nice strikes. Um, mm-hmm. Mikhail str- uh, scrambled to his feet and Cruz mm-hmm. dragged him back down to the ground and he, he gets yeah. up again and he gets him down again, really kind of scrambling around, uh, for a bit of uh, a bit of leverage or a bit of you know, uh, not domination. was the word? Just a bit of control. Um, mm-hmm. Mikhail returns to his feet to get, and then Crude managed to get him against the cage wall. Uh, he scores another takedown on Mikhail, um, mm. but Mikhail gets back up again, and then he gets the other takedown, uh, another takedown, and Mikhail gets up again. And it's it's very, you know, for for three minutes of fighting, they got up and down and up and down, yep. exchanging. Kind of takedown and scrambles. Um, they are set the fighters separate and Crute attacks uh, Mikhail with a, a multiple strike combination. Crute scores another takedown on Mikhail and he gets the full mount um, and he tra- tra- transitions to side control nicely and uh, yep. he locks in the Kimura and uh, the tap out follows. Although I have to say, yeah. it looked like his arm was going to break.
0: Oh uh, yeah, crikey. <laughs> the the guys are flexible or or, or just really courageous yeah it bent real far up his back um you know i found it i find it hard to watch when it's like like that um i just was waiting for that shoulder to give way but i'm hoping he's flexible yeah i I think he's just flexible if you have a look at his body type he's not like an overly muscled kind of guy doesn't look like he's tight in the joint um i know they were saying in the commentary that um, michael uh, had, um got himself a strength and condition coach so he obviously knew strength was an issue um yeah and uh, he did look weaker didn't he um he just looked like he was getting a little bit bullied throughout um yeah, yeah jimmy shoot he he looked good he looked impressive He did look good yeah started fast and um yeah i just i think he looked over at the cage and just felt that he had the the physicality and the technicality to to put the beat down on Mikhail and he did exactly that. It was impressive.
1: Yeah, power, power speed and technique. Um yeah, when he he had combined it all. the three, he did look very yeah. good. Um yeah. So it'd be interesting to see where he goes now because he's uh, making a bit of a bit of yeah. a name for himself. He is slowly he is slowly but surely. Um, yep. So after I watched the Tyson Fury fight, if you'd have told me that there was going to be another fight that I would enjoy as much Just because of how entertaining Fury is, what a great position, uh, you know, what a great performance it was. Um, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Um, But the main event for this UFC was uh, uh, Paul Felder versus the the hometown boy, Dan Hooker. And boy,
0: oh boy, what a fight. Oh, man. It was very good. Um, I loved it. It it was, um, you know, action from the get go. Um, and both had their moments They really did There was moments where it was just really close Neck and neck There was moments where one was beginning to look like He was going to be, get superior over the other It was back and forth um, And they really wore it on their face uh, both, both of them come out well damaged up But Dan Hooker at the beginning you know, Starting off in round one His distance managing, ma- management was excellent He knew he had reach advantage And a slight height advantage as well And he used that to great effect um, a lot of fir- uh, circling, f- uh, foot motion. Um, yeah, he was just looking incredible in that first round. Really, really effective, really, really dominant. Nothing in the way of clinching up. They were trying, both trying to go toe to toe in some aspects. Um, yeah, but Dan Hooker completely, you know, he totally had control in that first round. Um, It's pretty much the theme all the way through. There was nothing super special about what was going on. Just really good distance managing, really good jabs um, and calf kicks. He was landing the calf kicks. Although he was landing those calf kicks, kicks, um, you know, they was all received very well. Um, You know, we've seen so often, haven't we, once one or two of those calf kicks land home clean. Yeah. um, People are not walking properly and it becomes a theme to a quick demise. But... uh, yeah, he received them and took them extremely well.
1: Yeah, it was interesting just from the get go. It's you know rank mm. number six versus rank number seven. They didn't yeah. touch gloves. There was a bit of needle there. Um,
0: Hooker, makes it. they this didn't great... shake hands, did they? No, uh, Dan decided to walk back, and I was thinking, oh, and, okay, this is going to be good. <laughs> and
1: the first round, like Dan Hooker has come out, he's been on, you know, he's on fire. He found his range early. He was connecting. He was just he just looked a, a little bit sharper um yeah. not you know massively just a little bit little bit sharper found his range early. um mm. just looked that little bit settled uh, a yeah. bit quicker and then set round two comes and felder looks you know he's found his range and he looks settled and i thought felder's footwork in the second round was a lot better
0: um yeah yeah it I was he like, was um he, he was doing exactly what he should have done against someone who's got a little bit of height and range on you and and using that elusive footwork and yeah. um, and low hands to 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 be sharp you know if you've got lower hands you can throw a little faster a little bit more efficiently um mm. you know but it comes at other prices Um, so he kept circling and so what I noticed uh um, Paul Felder was doing was he was uh, attacking the inside leg kick but not from lead leg perspective, he was actually switching his stance before he threw it and again, we do a lot of combinations like this in um, in uh, the MMA gym, in terms of our MMA striking we switch a lot of our stances to have combinations from both sta- stance points of views, it doesn't mean you've got to be southpaw when you're not comfortable to be you literally just go southpaw briefly just to launch your combination from a different standpoint to help confuse your opponent and help deal with different body types and I was really impressed with uh, Felder's um, you know, game plan to adapt to what was happening to him in the first round. So, you know, he started to look like he, he was finding um, home for his own type of leg kick. OK, he wasn't going at the shin like Hooker was, but, um, you know, but he was loading up some nice, hard uh, inside leg kicks and and swinging with those hands, which began to, to hit a little bit more often. It was a, a competitive round, a competitive second round more so than the first.
1: Yeah, and I thought, I felt like um in the first round I felt like Felder was a bit static uh in his mm. like, his footwork was a bit slow and he was kind of making himself an easy uh target to, to yeah. you know easy target for Hooker to find his range Mm-mm. because he was very static. Whereas the second yeah. round he had obviously uh adapted that and improved that. Yeah. Um and like you say, uh just the way You know, Paul Felder's got an incredible... I really like him as a a pundit a lot of the time. Um, I feel like he's got a really good brain for MMA. Um, Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like he made the necessary adjustments after the first round.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. At the second round for Felder... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only issue that Felder had, really, in that second round, which can make it a bit iffy on how the judges may see it, was that he did give up his back in the middle of the the cage for a little while. Um, it was yeah. all on the feet in terms of having his back. But Dan Hooker couldn't do anything else other than hold the control. Um, he was unable to be effective with any submission attempt or any strikes from there. Yeah, he so, didn't push yeah, it out. Yeah, that, that, that was a sticky moment, which may have you know, undone some of his nice work that he had achieved. But whether that was enough to make it uh, sway in Dan Hooker's favour or not in terms of the judges, I don't know. But I felt like Felder had pulled it back. Um,
1: yeah, I had that one yeah, down from Felder. Um, he caught him with a nice, uh, a nice left hook as well towards the end of the round. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then actually uh, straight after the left hook, uh, Hooker went for like a knee strike and Felder cracked him with a really nice counter left as well. Yeah, he did. Um, and the round finished with Hooker having a little bit of a combination of his own, but those two left uh, left hooks just before they really found mm. their mark. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure was it that one where there was I'm not sure if it was that combination or it would have been later on where the, the the buzzer went for the end of the round. And uh, hooker was already into a combination, yeah. That's right. Let, yeah. Let, one, let one go after the buzzer, yeah. I, yeah, I think it was that one because I think he felt those two left hooks. Mm. Um, and maybe there was a little bit of you know, a little bit of frustration there, but perhaps after taking those two yeah. shots, you, you mean flush. you mean for
0: the end of round two? Is that yeah, yeah, I think that,
1: it yeah. was the round two, yeah. Um, so we go into that that third round um, They both exchange some leg kicks And uh, Felder pops up with uh, Pops Hooker with a, a right to the midsection And then Hooker's Hooker's trying to keep Felder at distance By just yeah. sitting behind his jab a little bit
0: mm. Yes um,
1: And then Fel, uh, Felder nails a nice uh, Sort of Counter right uppercut As um, Hooker is swinging and uh, Felder cracks Hooker with a left uppercut. Um, they sort of exchange strikes. Um, yeah. Hooker nails and uh, nails a kicking Felder with a, a counter strike combination, yeah. um, and then Felder eats another combination as he's kind of swinging away a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like Hooker. This is where Hooker started to to do a bit better again. Yeah, just uh, towards the end of this round, because uh, Felder cracked Hooker with a nice sort of counter right. But as he's doing that, he gets hit with another combination, and then uh,
0: yeah, yeah, the the the, the rounds had started to really wear heavily on Felder's uh, face in this round. Yeah, um, he was getting some successes. He was actually going to the calf kick himself a little bit, which had uh, Hooker stumbling off balance. Um yeah, but could make anything of those sh- shin kicks you know, just as Hooker couldn't on Felder. Uh, but nevertheless, they were throwing them in the mix. Um, it's given them each other things to think about in terms of how they come in with that lead leg. Um, both had their successes, but I just felt like Dan Hooker was uh, just catching those outward strikes, those long-range strikes a little bit cleaner, a little bit more often than seeing Felder more blooded. Made me feel that Dan Hooker uh, would have edged that third round.
1: Yeah, so that was the third. I had so I had Hooker take the first, uh, Felder yep. take a second, second, Hooker take third. Yeah. Um so they were two-one two, Hooker one. going into the fourth round, yeah. Yeah. Um round four, uh Felder came out and he was attacked Hooker with some nice leg kicks. Uh they have a bit of a striking exchange. Uh, Felder then cracked Hooker with a really nice counter right. Um mm-hmm. And he followed it up, which I think was a, a big, big part of him imposing himself in this round a bit. Yeah.
0: Because
1: as he followed it up uh, with the two, two, two punch combination and then he hit a swinging uh, hooker with a nice counter-right hooker himself. Uh, yeah. And a hooker tried to f- put a bit of distance between them with some leg kicks. Um, yeah. But failed a rocked hooker then with a really big right hook. Um, Hooker just looked a little bit not I don't want to say quite as extreme As shell-shocked But just looked a little bit rattled by here uh, He was up against the cage wall um, But they separate And Hooker goes for the back control On a Felder yeah. as he's standing They mm-hmm. separate again And Felder cracks him with a really nice right again um, And Felder's striking Was starting to look really sharp in this round
0: Um, Yeah, yeah, he he was landing some meaningful-looking shots. And um, then Hooker, for the first time, looked like that elusive game he was playing, looked like it was impossible for him to keep implementing. He was looking a little jaded. Um, I think we were seeing a turnaround point in in the rounds in terms of their energy levels. It was looking like uh, Felder was the fitter of the two Um, and and keeping that pace going.
1: Yeah, and I think... Uh, like I'm, I like I said a minute ago about Felder's uh, MMA brain, um, I think he really showed it in this round with how he he thought about the round and how he approached it. Um, yeah, and he really really cracked him with a couple of nice shots throughout the round. And a lot of the mm-hmm. time they were they were kind of counter strikes, and he was waiting for Hooker to try and come in for him, and he would just yeah. nail him with some nice uh, kind of counter uh, right hooks. Um Felder cracks Hooker with a nice elbow strike as the round ends. Uh, I yeah. had that one to Felder, which makes yeah, yeah. It it's hu- 38 all going in to the final yeah. round.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, pretty much the same. Again, you just had one uh, part of the round right in the halfway point where Felder had given up his back standing again. But again, Hooker you know, couldn't do anything really with it. He could only but really hold the control for a brief period. Couldn't yeah. get any you know, jumping on the back for submission attempts and, um, and, and couldn't really get effective striking off. Um, similar to what we saw, you know, with uh, Rydell when he was, um, you know, in his match where he was giving up his back standing but was not really receiving any damage from there. Um, yeah, so you can't really say that that was enough to sway it in, in the other direction. So, uh, you know, I'll give uh, Felder that round. Yeah, so they
1: go into the, the final round, well, at least on my, uh, my scorecard, uh, or even. Um, yeah. What did you make of the fifth round, mate? Because the reason yeah. I ask you now is because I've just gone off my notes.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, now you, you see um, you know, Felder really chasing Dan Hooker down. Um, you know, Dan Hooker had, had got some swole- swelling on his jaw. Um, his mouth was wide open. Uh, slowed up somewhat. Um, He was more looking that he was trying to get, you know, to the end of the fight, hoping that the previous rounds were enough. um, No longer really looked like he was uh, hunting for a way to to, to win that particular round. He just wanted to get to the end of the fight. He was circling in big motions. Um, He did manage to take the back at around about the three-minute mark again. Um, But, you know, just lacking control, really. Uh, Felder was able to turn to face him, so his back was no longer given up. He managed to work an under pummel and fight his way back off from the cage, and I was back out in the middle again at the halfway point. And um, when I was back at the middle, Felder's game, just looking like the one, one with the the more energy, the more venom in his shots. Um, you know, he presses him back time, time again. Um, it's looking like it's setting a rhythm. Really, you got Dan Hooker keep trying to land the jab, trying to land the long strikes, not really to do any any more damage, but really to try to keep. Kel- Felder off of him. Um, I just think he had nothing more to give other than a jab and that circling footwork. Um, so, you you know, you go into the last uh, last minute of the round. You know, Dan Hooker was you know, trying all that he can is to try and now back the round with a takedown. And he did succeed with the takedown. Um, goes into the closed and then very quickly open guard uh, of Paul um couldn't really get anything super effective off because Paul managed to get his back up against the fence and start sitting up, blocking Dan Hooker's head. It must have been really frustrating for Dan Hooker. So as they exchange up, Dan Hooker had a punt at trying to take the back. Um, I don't even remember this bit right in the closing seconds. And I thought, oh, maybe if he takes the back, he could still back the round. Yeah. But, um, but no, he slipped off through tiredness, slipperiness, um, and just the awkwardness of, of, of Paul. Paul was just, you know, like you say, such a clever fighter. Um, yeah, I just didn't think it was enough for Dan to pull back that round. Um, and I, I gave the fight to, to Paul Felder.
1: It's interesting because I had it for Felder as well, that final round. Um, yeah. But the judges did not. Uh, it was a split decision. Dan Hooker won by split decision mm. uh, yeah. 48 47, 47 48, 48 47, yeah. which is incredibly mm. close. So yeah. close. Um, yeah. Yeah. And can you see why they gave it to Dan Hooker?
0: Yeah, I mean it depends on what aspects you're looking at. I mean, yeah, I suppose you can. I mean, is that it? It was close enough for you to understand that you know someone looking at it in a slightly different viewpoint might give it the other way. Um, Just in my own heart of hearts, I felt that uh, as Paul Felder, it was doing enough for me to win it. Um, and when you have a look at the overall stats for the strikes, you had um, Paul with 133 significant strikes over Dan Hooker, at had 119. Um, you had you know, body strikes being 21 for Paul Felder, and Dan Hooker had just eight. And the leg kicks, were which did go in uh, Dan's favour, were 36 compared to Paul Felder's 28. Um, so, you know, overall, it, you know, it was all steering... For Felder to be the more pro, you know, proactive striker. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, would you do score the brief back controls that Dan Hooker have had on him? Do, do, you know, do you score that enough for him to take any of those rounds? I don't think it was enough because it was literally a holding. Um, it's to me, it's like yeah. a takedown. If you, if you take someone down and hold them until the ref stands you up, that takedown ain't scoring very big. Um, and I just felt Dan Hooker's back controls although they were yeah although it was control nothing come of it um and as the fight went on those back controls become even more brief uh yeah Uh, in my mind of minds it it, it fell they won it through and through each time but um i can understand especially with the way the judging has always proved to be um it was close enough for it to be seen the other way of course but
1: yeah, yeah, and I'm sure it's got nothing to do with the, you know, the the country where the show was, etc. Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, I I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch of this fight. I got to say, I thought it was a really good, enjoyable fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Um, I don't think either of them would want to rematch each other from the get-go, though. <laughs> I think that was grueling from both. Um, oh yeah,
1: yeah I bet certainly they're, uh, feeding
0: that this morning uh, after this, they've got to have respect for each other. It's, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, it was weird, no, wasn't it? Because no. they uh, they didn't touch gloves at the start, but then straight after the fight they embraced and they you know, they had a few words, which was yeah. good to see. Yeah. Um but I'm not quite sure why the uh why the needle. Uh but they were yeah. I,
0: I think Paul Paul had just said a few things, uh didn't he about Dan and I don't think Dan approved. Um yeah, dissing his game a little bit, but yeah, that's just all part the story, of the game, story. The story is uh, I mean, as long as time, and yeah, if they're going to get wound up by that, God knows what they're going to be like when they face someone like Conor McGregor because uh, they're going to have to put sure. up with a lot more.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, okay, so obviously, this is about now when we normally finish up our shows, so we've got this that bit yeah. of extra. We're not going to go through you know fight by fight, bell at all because. Never ending. Um, we're going to quickly yeah. cover Bellator two hundred and forty uh, and Bellator Dublin. Mm-hmm. Uh, any Preference where you're going to want to start on, mate. Uh, I'll let, I'll let, two let two you three. lead the way. <laughs> but, okay. Are you struggling?
0: I've got my notes, um, but that one of them's that way. One of them's upside down. Shit. <laughs>
1: so I um, get it. So God, I'm going to start with um, just uh, Aaron Chalmers versus Austin Clem. Um, Aaron Chalmers obviously he's got a, a oh, yeah. fairly big name in uh, the UK because of Jordan Shaw. Um, he's yeah. under, he, he had a lot of lot of grief from some Cage Warriors guys, um, you yeah, know, about maybe know giving why. giving the MMA a bad name. One thing I yeah. would say with Aaron Chalmers, um, I think the difference between him and like that fame MMA, uh, which was all the like podcasters and celebrities who were doing. Yeah. MMA. The one thing with Aaron Chalmers is he trains full time. He does it day in, day out, and he's doing it as a career. He takes it seriously. Um, you know, he's got a, a career record, a professional record of five and one. Um yeah. is he gonna be, you know, the next world champion? Probably not. But
0: right if yeah.
1: he wants to try it, or he what he wanted to try it when he started. Um, he's putting yeah. the work in. He's got himself a proper team. He's doing the right things. Then you mm. can't. I don't think he should be criticised for that. You know. Yeah. If he's, I think one of the problems was when he first started, like turn pro. I think he called out Paddy Pimblet, which of yeah. course, you know, one, Paddy's always got plenty to say, mm. um, but also two is like, you know, if you just turn pro, don't kind of call out the one of the top guys in the UK. Yeah. As if you're gonna walk you know, walk in and mm-hmm. beat the guys in the country, I suppose. Yeah. Um what did you make of his performance versus Austin Clem? Austin Clem is a very uh, very good wrestler.
0: Um, yeah, uh yeah absolutely yeah he is a, a very good wrestler. Um yeah I mean um, Aaron Aaron impresses me with his striking he he's he's he he looked big, he looked strong Um, And through with some intensity. But um, Kelm can't just, he just, he used his wrestling so well. And he just smothered um, any of the potential productive work that that Aaron could start, you know, getting off. I think if you give Aaron too much space, he could have started looking effective and being effective. But Kelm was slick. You know, he did what he had to do. He had to smother him. um, He had to really be on him. And he was. Um, and Aaron really didn't have answers to it, to be fair. I think you know, he showed a little bit of lacking in, in being a complete MMAist. Um, yeah, I mean, he certainly knows what he's got to go back and work on. He needs to work on some elusivity uh, in terms of perhaps using his footwork and, and anti-wrestling aspects as well as learning how to wrestle a little bit better as well because he just looked lacking against Kelm. But, you know, that's how, that's how I saw it. It was much.
1: clear that yeah, yeah, I think uh, you know Aaron Chalmers, like you said, that uh, he it's something about him, particularly with his strikes. Yeah, um, you know he's he's got some impressive strikes, but yeah. when it comes to kind of jujitsu and and wrestling, that's where he's going to be yeah. having the most problem. You know, and you'd expect that for someone so inexperienced. Yeah, um, unless you've come in uh, as a jujitsu. Practitioner are so strong with the strikes yeah. you're going to expect the jujitsu and the wrestling to be the weaker yeah. side of the people's game yeah um you know it's just the way it is uh yeah. but yeah he, he did struggle every time and, you know austin clem did the right thing didn't he? he stayed away from the strikes and took him took him down every yeah. time
0: yeah, 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 and you know he didn't. He definitely was not the stronger of the two either, Cal. I mean, he did it all with good timing. He did it all with good technique. Um, he was just, a, he was just a better martial artist at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, um,
0: I'm sorry, I've just gone off my bloody
1: uh, notes. I was going to say the finish, um, but I think it did. It go to yeah, it went to the decision that one, didn't it? Yeah, um, Yeah and uh, it was a yeah clear decision uh unanimous decision to Austin Clem uh yeah. next up we had Charlie Ward versus Kyle Courts um this was fairly one sided i thought
0: yeah um I'll just look at my notes here to recap myself um um all right yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah charlie I'm... ward come out with big 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 strikes and he come out with big strikes yeah, and he clinched didn't he big yeah that's right. And, uh, uh, yeah, who got the takedown? No, Ward got the takedown, didn't he, as well? Yeah, he come out really punching hard and then, and then got the takedown as well.
1: Yeah, I think Carl Kurtz, I think, in his head, thought uh, that he needed to stay away from Charlie Ward's strikes, which obviously Charlie Ward's renowned for big strikes. Yeah. And I think he thought, if I can get him to the ground, then I'll be able to, you know, go to work. What yeah. he didn't realise is that Charlie Ward is no slouch on the ground. Yeah, um, that's it. And what Charlie, Charlie Ward, every time he went to the ground, used his uh kind of size and his strength to turn mm. it around on Carl Kurtz. And he was you know, he was he nailed some big shots throughout the fight yeah. from the ground, mm-hmm. uh whether it was elbows or it was punches. Um and just toward, right at the end of round, 30 seconds to go in round three, uh Charlie yeah. Ward won with uh, a te- technical knockout. Um Yeah. But, you know, Charlie Ward's a very, very experienced uh MMA fighter. Um, yeah. And he used his experience well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he, he did good. He did good. Um, and then you had the, the main event of the... Uh, MMA, uh, Berlator Dublin, which was uh, Leah McCourt versus Judith Ruiz, which went yeah. to a unanimous decision. Um, did, did you uh, you watch
0: this one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, what yeah. did you make of that Because um, yeah. I've,
1: I've only seen bits of this,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. McCourt uh, got, got the takedown, um, but uh, Ruiz, you know, scrambled back up, uh. Um, and then uh, Ruiz, uh went into mount position, then went off for an armbar. Um, you know, I'm not too sure whether that was a good decision or, or not, because obviously going for for an armbar could potentially put you on your back. Um, so yeah, she, she had briefly had mount position, uh, come off, and then got put underneath. Um, but she she ended up escaping from this armbar really well. She she ended up running out of it. So although she you know, give up the mount position for the armbar. The armbar started to look like, oh, that's going to go on. But she, she did the right thing. She ran out of it and end up scrambling on top. That was pretty much what the highlight points were of that first round. In second round, in my notes here, uh, you know, as I will recap through, um, you know, Ruiz uh, pushes to the cage, uh, and McCourt uh, gets the leg trip again. You know, stepping across, doing the, doing the takedown. She scored that uh, for second time and gets uh, into mount. And then to the back, uh, on, was on top in guard to, to finish up that round. Um, okay. As we go into round three, what fine, fine, where round three is, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. Let's see, what, have I got it on there?
1: Um, so let's see what I got. So McCourt um, got taken down early, uh 20 mm-hmm. seconds into this round. Uh she stands up to improve her position after an activity warning from the referee. Uh Ruiz tried to use a knee to keep her at bay, but McCourt stood up again, uh one minute forty-eight in and she jumps back on top in half guard. Uh she gets the yep. full mount round two about two minutes twenty. Uh, she had some mm. nice lefts to the head. Um, another left elbow uh, smashes home, uh, mm. which causes uh, Ruiz's face some damage. Ruiz gets back to half guard. She tried to push her off the fence. Pushed off the fence. Yeah, she feet. tried to.
0: Yeah, she tried to use a technique called single leg X. Uh, it looked like okay. she could try to create something from it. Um, yeah, it, you know, she was going to try and get a sweep or get a leg lock attempt. Yeah, you know, for for a brief bit, but we'll, you know, I think at that stage maybe a little bit too tight to make anything of it.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah, and McCourt uh, stands of her own accord at uh, just over four minutes. She throws Ruiz to the ground, um, mm. and then she ends the third round on top and fairly comprehensive victory, I think. Yeah. Um. You man, unanimous decision, uh, to Liam McCourt. Um, I'm not sure, but I think that's the first uh women's main event for a Bellator. I'm not right. 100% okay. sure. I didn't, oh, I didn't, I didn't the know cyborg that effect, fight. Maybe the cyborg fight was a main event the other day. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'd imagine it's probably, I'd imagine it's the, the first yeah. uh female main event in a you know like a Irish or yeah, British yeah. tour show at least. Um and then we move over to uh two forty uh which mm-hmm. kicked off with uh Oliver Anca- Enkamp versus Lewis Long. Um Lewis Long of Prodigh Wales I'm a big fan of his um this was I was really excited for this fight because I uh, they can both real really bang uh right. lewis is good on the floor as well um and it was just one of those lewis got knocked down by a spinning backfist it was one of those where you just get caught um and it doesn't matter how uh, how good you are mm-hmm. if you get if you get caught with a spinning backfist
0: uh which yeah. really
1: hits home it doesn't yeah, matter that, how that technically, ink- technically good you
0: are yeah that henken he he come out with so much energy didn't he he, yeah, he he no, clinched no up, didn't him. he? He was just he was just on him, and um, I was quite impressed with his tenacity. He's just you know, it really had faith in his cardio. Clearly, um, yeah, you know,
1: he's got a really really good reputation and uh, camp in um, yep. in Sweden in Europe, but like he yeah. came out with like spin kick and uh, this and that and mm-hmm. some knees, um, but you know, Lewis Long is. Uh, you know he'll recover and he'll come back from it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just you know it's fighting at the end of the day, and sometimes you're going to get nailed um, mm. with a big shot. And
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It isn't a great deal you can do about it if you get hit on the button.
0: No, I mean um, Lewis Long looked like looks like he could be really dangerous. He had like um, he had a moment, didn't he, in that first round where he started getting that guillotine. Yep. Do you remember the guillotine? Yeah. I, I about yeah, yeah. He, he goes for like a standing, uh, yeah. standing
1: guillotine, was not he?
0: Because there was a, a size difference, I think, or strength difference between them. You know, um, you, know, the, you know, the other lad looked like a proper boy sort of thing, physical, physically wise. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was his only part where I thought, God, dear, I mean, I, I was waiting for him to tap. But um, fair play to him. He got through it like a true warrior and never come off the gas. He, he, he was straight back on it. Um, you know, yeah. spinning kicks off that break in that last minute. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he, um, and as you he know, he just slipped he got, out of the
1: guillotine, didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I it wasn't, wasn't expecting left. that finish because I, I just thought it was going to be one of those fights where he kept grinding out the rounds. Um, yeah. I, you know, I didn't think he would have had the outright power um, or would put the power in uh, Lewis's long uh, direction. Uh, but yeah, but the precision, you know. Yeah, have yeah, to be yeah, super powerful to be precise. Yeah, um, and it was with the elbow. Wasn't it I think he was meaning for it to be the fist, but Lewis Long was cut closing in, and um, it, it ended up being the elbow that he caught him with—elbow and forearm. But yeah, nasty. <laughs> good finish though. It's a good one for your highlight reel. Oh yeah, Just almost definitely. Uh, yeah. Then we had Ricky
1: Banderas versus Franz Malumbo. Uh, Ricky Bandera is won by knockout, uh, in this minute or just over a minute into the second um, round.
0: Yes, yes, this yes. Was, uh, um, did you see this one? Yes, I did. Um, I actually really enjoyed watching this. that. The uh, um, Franz uh, Manembo, it really impressed me. Really sharp striking. Um, you know, I thought he was coasting, coasting this. And when you think how you know good Ricky is, we know how good he is. Um, he was seemed to be uh, beating him into punch, beating him to the kick. He he was looking really sharp uh, when Ricky was shooting in in that first round. He was getting sprawled on. It looked like he was just struggling for some answers. Um. Uh, I think he did, he did briefly get um Malembo down on his back, didn't he, in the uh, end of the first round? But he you know he got up and nullified it, uh, stopped Ricky you know being effective for too long. Um, I gave Belenbo that first round, and um, yep. me yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, just like you know, we know that can happen. You know, things can can go pear shaped really, really quick. It, it just really shocked me. I just didn't expect this to happen. He got caught, didn't he? And um, he really protested the the stoppage, and I was even like, not, not too sure. You know, d- did it get stopped early? But when you see the replay back, um. You know, he was out as he went down. Um,
1: yeah, it's just it was hammer fists really on unusual. the floor as well,
0: isn't it? Yeah, and, um... yeah, yeah. And and Ricky, you know, he, he knows the game. He knows the sport well. He knew to just throw a barrage of quick unanswered shots to kind of force the ref in to stop. But yeah, he was he was out. It, although it was a, a bit of a flash knockout, it was a knockout nevertheless. Um, yeah, he was done, wasn't he? A little bit of a shame for that. I think they called him the black number. That's what's become his... Uh, his nickname, but oh, I think right. this kid's. It, he's going to, he's going to be something. I think, um, this Malambo, although we, we're seeing a loss and we shouldn't take it away from Rick. Ricky's obviously very, very talented fighter and we're going to see some good things from him as well. But this Malambo, yeah, he, he ain't done. I think we're going to see good things from him.
1: Yeah. He looked like he had something about him. Definitely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see him fight again.
1: Uh, and then we had this one. Um, before the main event, I couldn't. Uh, I missed this one, so uh, it was Kiefer Crosby versus Imiac Furtado. Did you get this one after? Uh,
0: I'm just trying to think. And what was I missed this to?
1: last night? And uh, Crosby, I think it was, yeah, it's just one of the ones um, I
0: couldn't get.
1: Okay, so yeah. uh, Crosby won via a split decision. Um, which was 29, 28, 28, 29, 29, 28. Uh, I yeah. heard that it was quite an enjoyable fight to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I missed it last night and I wasn't able to watch it today. So
0: yeah, I wouldn't want to the do these was... gentlemen
1: a disservice.
0: Yeah, by... I was conferring with you how I could see it, if you remember, and we couldn't get my Yeah, to... yeah, yeah. I couldn't get any kind of link to, to, to see it, unfortunately. Um, you know, normally the sites that I have um, – Pretty proficient at getting all the fights up, but I think because there were so many, um, it's, yeah, it, it's just it, I wasn't that. able to put them all up, and I really struggled with that one. There was uh, one other fight as well that I struggled with getting access to to watch,
1: yeah. Uh, so the main event of the Bellator 240 card was uh, Brent Primus versus Chris Bungard. Um, yeah, it was quick. Um, and we've got a question actually about the 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 move. Uh, which we finished finished with here, which was a neck crank. But um, what were they going to do, the questions, after this match? So uh, yeah. uh, Primus misses with an opening kick. Uh, he lands the left hand, takes a couple of elbows and secures a takedown against the fence. He gets the mm. full mount at 55 seconds. Bungard uh, gives up his back twice, trying to roll out of trouble. Um, yeah. And then Primus sits on his side, dropping the hammers, And uh, secures the body triangle lock on the back, and then he slips an arm under the chin, and we uh, are done before the second minute started.
0: Yeah, he's looking pretty proficient on the ground, isn't he? He's looking convincing. Um, Mm. Not find it hard. Yeah, that's it. He's looking good. Yeah, I think we got a bit of a star here that we're seeing.
1: Yeah, um, he's yeah, not been
0: looks- around the pressure in the last few few outings. He's he's got it done and dusted quite quickly, so he just yeah. looks
1: very um very smooth on the ground, particularly. As soon as it goes to the ground, he just moves through the um mm. through the gears quickly and from position to position with uh, with no real uh kind of issue or anything like that. He just goes bang, bang, yeah. bang, job done.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was um, it, it was a proficient night's work for him, but uh, you know you've got to think yeah. of you know how he ended up getting into to to the ground scenario. This has all started because of a, a jumping guillotine attempt. Now, if you're ever doing a jumping guillotine, to me, you know, they're best served towards the latter part of a round. Maybe when you've already pretty much won the rounds, you can take the risk of putting yourself to your back, or maybe you've got nothing else to lose, and then you would perhaps jump a submission yeah. in. Uh, like jumping guillotine, but to jump a guillotine in 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 the beginning stages, in the beginning minute of the first round, putting yourself on your back against a fresh, proficient grappler, not a good idea. Not a no, good idea. It's so
1: risky, isn't it? Especially it someone kind of a who's win doing...
0: Yeah, um, it was a bit of a win that was given to him. To be fair, not to say he didn't earn it, because you can only do what you can. You know, if someone makes a mistake, you're going to capitalize on it and get the win. Yeah, for um, sure. but yeah, it was kind of given to him a little bit. Um, yeah, very dubious tactics, jumping guillotine.
1: Indeed, 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 indeed. Um, okay, so we've been going two hours, so we're going to do these questions. There's only a couple today. Um, if you uh, guys, if you've got any questions you want to send in for Danny uh, for the M- Danny Batten MMA show, uh, which are boxing or MMA related, uh, then you can do so via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email at Ace, uh, AceCast. Jesus Christ, start again. Email acenetworkcontact at gmail.com, uh, Twitter and Instagram at acecast underscore nation or facebook.com slash acecast nation. And uh, you can send them in. Um, OK, first question. Is Tyson Fury legitimately one of the greatest heavyweights of all time?
0: Uh, it's hard to bet against him. I mean, I do just think different eras bring up different talents and in, in, in different abundances. And I do think that like, some of the best boxing we've ever seen would have been in the uh, 1990s in terms of like pool of talents. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think there's a, a massive pool of talent in the weight division, but you know, what can you do? You can only stand out in the era that you're active in. And in terms of that, yeah, he, he's, he's proven legit. I think he could, could be dealing and matching anyone from any era yeah i absolutely think that i think a lot of it is his body composition difficulty you know he's he's six foot nine he's a giant of a man um so he's he's not only tall he's heavy and and the guy can box he's got footwork to go along with that height and reach that he's got so yeah i do think he is definitely up there uh, as a great and you know on top of all that, he's an absolute nice character you know a nice guy
1: yeah He's uh, he's crazy agile for someone who's six foot nine, I gotta say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you think what uh, Fury will face Wilder again and should
0: he? No, I think this is a done deal now. It's it wouldn't excite me to see it again. Um I don't think put it to but hardcore <laughs> boxers. Yeah, I don't think even hardcore boxers want to see it again. The only way I Um, want to see
1: that again is if they do Wilder versus AJ and Wilder sparks AJ out in like two rounds or something. Yeah. Then possibly then then. do it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that'd be about Um, the only way, but yeah.
1: Do you think AJ will avoid Fury for a couple more years to try and get him on his decline? Or do you think he faces him in the summer like Eddie Hearn is making out?
0: Well, we all would want him to face him. Why is it his peak? Don't we? But <laughs> we know from boxing of old, unfortunately, boxers end up facing themselves when, uh, uh, facing each other. When we've got these potential, really good matchups when they're past their peak. Um, so, you know, the sadness of the situation is probably going to be that way again. It's partly because these boxers get paid such a huge amount of money, that you know, they don't truly have to face each other. Um, yeah, I think,
1: um, I think Tyson Fury wants it. Um I, yeah, I truly I believe he, he, because I truly he, believe that Tyson Fury wants to be the greatest ever. He wants to be considered the greatest ever. And he knows yeah. to do that he needs to beat AJ. He needs to beat everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I and I think he would beat AJ as well. I just I just think it well, is this, he, he's this just is the other box- side to it, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's a boxer too much for AJ.
1: The other side to it being that Fury wants to fight, face AJ to be the greatest, well yeah. considered in the conversation for the greatest ever whereas AJ has got to be looking at Fury and thinking do I want that do I mm. want to face a motivated Tyson Fury who's in mm. good shape and you know because yeah,
0: yeah. he did, not, he did not look tired, he didn't even look tired because I was a little concerned about the fact that he was getting so much bigger um, yeah. he was heavier this time around a full clock is that going to tell in his gas tank, but he absolutely did not look tired. He was fainting with his head movement, fainting with his hands. He had footwork. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. good.
1: Really good. And I enjoyed I enjoy talking about that tonight. Um, yeah. So, uh, last question. Uh, what's the difference in pain or panic between a neck crank, like in the Bellator main event, and a tight knee neomagn- near?
0: Jesus. Oh, Re- Re- <laughs> yeah, naked choke. Tired now. Um, okay, so rear naked choke it really doesn't hurt. It's no. the sensation of suffocating and can't breathe. It, it it's just horrible. Um, I'm not so sure actually that, that submission was actually a crank. Um, I think when you're putting the the forearm across the jaw like so, it mm-hmm. um opens your jaw and then your jaw cuts off your windpipe. That's quite often ha- what happens in these situations. Um that sounds. But rude. I can understand why people might think that's a, that's a crank. But in terms of an actual crank, um, yeah, it it, it, it you know your neck's gone to full turn, and um, and, and it's the feeling that something's going to give way and uh, and you don't want your neck giving way because you're going to be paralysed. Right? It's yeah, it's not nice when you know that something's at full lock, um, particularly when you know it's your neck. Um, so yeah, neck crank, cranks are that they're, they're more painful and more discomforting, uh, but the Panic feeling of someone being round your neck and squeezing. It, you know, it's it's just suffocating. It's repressing and it's it's, yeah. it's not comfortable for a totally different reason, but certainly not painful. Um, yeah.
1: So you can you can have your neck cranked to full lock, so you feel like yeah. you're going to get paralyzed. You can get yeah that, that, that that'll be pain, more painful, or have your
0: yeah. jaw pushed into
1: your windpipe.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your door opens and then it presses <coughs> in and um it, it can it can choke you in that fashion.
1: They all sound brutal to me.
0: Mm, they're all not nice. Yeah, I wouldn't want any of them to happen to me if I could help it. Indeed. Uh okay, so
1: myself and Danny will be back next week, I believe. Uh we have new shows all the time. Check out our show on Friday with a uh, former England fast bowler, Chris Lewis, first edition of my story every Monday, 7 PM, the Andy Campbell championship show. Uh, check us out on Twitter and Facebook links in the description. Check out Danny's uh, BST Academy.co.uk links in the description. Don't forget. We have a uh, away day apparel, 10% off code also in the description. And, uh, I said last week on the football show that um, any purchases from my Teespring store uh, for the next 30 days from last Monday uh, will be, my cut of that will be donated to the flooding victims in the Rhondda Valleys for the next 30 days. Um, It's not a massive cut, my cut, but my cut will nonetheless, 100% of it will go to the flooding victims in the Rhonda Valleys uh, as people have lost everything had their homes decimated, lost their businesses, their tools, their vans everything um, so for those of us who have been lucky, very lucky it's up to us to try and do what we can to help out uh, Danny, it's been a pleasure as always mate, a nice long yes, show Yeah, be dream- dreaming about boxing and MMA uh, tonight, mate.
0: oh my goodness I don't think I'm gonna. I'm too tired to dream if that's possible because <laughs> yeah, that was quite, done quite a day's studying. That was,
1: yeah. And now uh, I got first day back of school tomorrow for my youngest boy as well. Oh, ah, my
0: goodness! Good luck to Dirty you, early morning tomorrow. <laughs> yes,
1: indeed. Uh, right there, mate. i will see you uh, next week. Yeah. And uh, everyone, don't forget to spread the word, tell your friends, tell people, share. And uh, we'll see you next week for uh, another episode of the Danny Button MMA Show. Cheers, guys.
0: Mm-hmm. The champion. Welcome, Danny-
1: Podcast Network.